Welcome to episode 335 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, so welcome along to episode 335 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good. Top of the morning to you, Bevan. Top of the morning, Dombo. How you top going? Of, top of the morning. Where's top of the morning come from? That's a pommy thing. Is it? Yeah. Why would you say top of the morning? I don't know. Is that just because you're on top of the morning? Yeah, on, on fire. On you know, it's not the bottom of the morning. No, it is the top. It's the top of the morning. Well, that's, that's, that's just made by day, John. God. I'm on top of the morning. Simple things. I'm talking apparently brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get your tasty... Well, if you want to have top of the morning, you have your Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, extreme endurance. And you get some of that stuff in you as well. You'll be fired up. And... Athlinks.com. And then you can tell everybody about your day. On this week's show, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age grouper of the week. High five, two weeks in a row. I know. It's a bit of a goodie as well, isn't it? Yep. Yep. And then we've got a couple of interviews, actually. What are they about? We have got Marilyn McDonald from Endurance Corner talking a bit about squad life and creating a simple routine. And we've got... That sounds a bit gangster. <laughs> yeah. Know, in my squad life. <laughs> and we've got Al from uh, Yoga Sync, which is a new yoga website Bevan and I have been uh, using and uh, just wanted to share it with you guys. And we thought we'd get an interview with them because it's a bit different. It's a bit different, John. It is a bit. Think different. Yes. It's like Apple computers. Think big. Think big. Very intuitive Apple computers, aren't they? You're liking the Apple computer, are you? Everybody just says, intuitive. <laughs> intuitive. You're intuitive. Computer. It's a computer. Well, one of the logos is, uh, logos or slogans is um, think different. And uh, I remember, you know, now they're so mainstream. Like the think different back in the day was kind of, you know, they're a bit niche and all mm. the rest of it. You can't think different when everyone else is the same. Mm. So... By the Apple, I'm going. I'm going PC, John. I think you should. I'm going PC. Going okay, news. So what are we coming up in news? Well, first piece of news we have is Ironman Arizona is coming up, and good old Brent Campbell. He sent us an email and said, "You guys are idiots." Wow. He didn't actually no, say that, he, but but he showed us a way to the light. We we like free things to start with. So yep. I've always had these issues converting PDFs to to Excel, um, and I know you can do it if you want to pay for it, um, but I'm too cheap for that. Yeah. How much and, does it cost? I don't know. $2? Two dollars. $2, yeah. yeah. Um, but he showed me a way of doing it, but that was on a PC, so we're still coming up with a Mac solution. Oh, there's bound to be one on a Mac. Because you can, well, what you can, the problem is, you can convert a PDF to Excel. That's pretty straightforward. There's some free places on a, on a Mac? to do that on a Mac as well. Yeah. But then it'll give you like every, every page on that PDF will put a separate tab on your Excel, on your spreadsheet. Uh, so you end so up with like 20 tabs. tabs. Uh. And so. Challenge we've got. If anybody knows how to figure this one out, oh, John, you're making us look stupid. Someone's gonna go, just go click, on, click, click on a Mac. How to collate all those um, tabs onto one page? You know what, John? No, let me finish talking. Not now, not now. Can I not? No, no. Mm. I know how to do a Google search. No, I'm gonna go App Store search. Well, okay, but anyway, not now. So this weekend we've got Ironman Arizona coming up, and Brett actually, Brent actually came up with uh, the list. He figured out how to do it on a PC for me. Came up with a list of all the pros racing. Um, one of the challenges we all face is knowing who the hell is actually going to be racing. So he came up with one list. Also checked out Torsten on TryRating.com, and he's got uh, a list which has got a few additional names which could really spice the day up. But last year we had um, uh, the top three, the top time fastest ever time there is Aniko Lanos. He's done a 7.59.38. 
Um, Kieran Doe's got the swim course record. Lanos has got the bike record. Victor Zemensev's got the fastest run ever there, 2.43. Chrissy Wellington's got the fastest girls time, 8.36. And last year we had Leander Cave take it out at 8.49 from Lindsay Corbett and Meredith Kessler. This year, however, um, according to Torsten's rankings, the, the highest placed athlete there is Richie Cunningham. Um, and last year he finished fourth at the race and we've also got Tom Lowe. Richard Cunningham doesn't do a lot of Ironmans, does he? Well, the, this on, on Torsten's rating, this is, was his first, it was actually in 2009 he finished fourth. So he, this is the only record he's got for Richie Cunningham doing an Ironman. So he's my, my dark horse for this race. I think he could come through. He's well, been, he's pretty good at 70.3 distance, isn't he? he? He's consistent as well. Yeah. So they've got to, uh, Tom Lowe, who's ranked second. And uh, he finished... He didn't have a great Hawaii. Didn't have a great Hawaii. Um, got Jan van Burke on there. James Kanana was entered, but he's pulled out. One of the late entries that Torsten got in there was uh, the Rapster. Oh, entered. really? So we'll see if the well, Rapster... He's be favourite, doesn't he? He, he would he'd certainly be a strong favourite. Um, and the other one that, that Torsten doesn't have on his list, but I know is racing, is Andrew Starkowitz, who took out Florida... Last weekend in that amazing bike time of 4.04. John? Yes. Luke Dragster's racing for New Zealand. Yeah, I saw that. He's not a Kiwi. He's a Canadian, isn't he? He is. You're right. I haven't seen Dragster hasn't been around for a while, has he? Oh, he hasn't had some great results. He has been around. He hasn't had some great results. Okay, well, he's coming back. Because he's yes. a New Zealander now. He is. What about girls? On girls' side of things, um, on Torsten's list, he's got Leander Cave down there. I'm picking um, she's going to be the favourite. Definitely strong favourite, but she's uh, cranking out a lot of races. You know, she's done 70.3. She's done Hawaii, obviously. She did another race like a week or two after Hawaii, and now she's lining up again. She won it too, didn't she? Or got yeah, second? Yeah. yeah, was it? I can't remember what it was. No, neither. It was something decent. Well, she's a real champ, John. You must have cashed in when the, when the sun's shining. Yeah, but at the same time... She'll be on top of the day a, right a, now. A lot of these guys, she would be. A lot of these guys are, are clearly doing this to, to get some points um, and build, you know, get some Ironmans under their belts and some good points for next season, but she doesn't need any points anymore. It's all but about... But she still has to, she still has to validate. validate. So she may be thinking, just get out of the way. Yeah, which would be a very good idea. But, you know, because if we're going with the traditional, you know, do one race a season kind of thinking, mm. if you kind of get this one done now... You've pretty much got a year to prepare mm. for Ironman, haven't you? Yeah. So. Certainly, if I was in, if, if, if I was, uh, if you won if, the if, world if championship, John, yeah. when you go back in 2014 and yeah. you win it, yeah, and you're going to come back in 2015, and will you validate early? I would validate early. You would. So yes. you'd be doing this race. Yes. Yeah. Providing the finances all stacked up in terms of doing a 70.3 season, like say from Marinda Carfrey. I think she would make the same amount of money in a year if she didn't do go have to go and do Ironman Court Lane or something like that to validate. Um, so I think the way she's doing it, I think she's giving herself the best opportunity and uh, we'll see if Leander Cave does that as well. We've got Lindsay Corbin in there, Meredith Kessler and Kelly Williamson. That'd be the main ones to look out for. So good she's luck. American girl. She got what? Fifth in America? Where'd she get in Kona? Who? Kelly Williamson. Uh, somewhere in the top 10 I think she maybe got 10th maybe oh ok maybe? I'm thinking the other girl yeah. um, oh, oh I thought it was, it was Natasha Bateman but it wasn't ok well there you go so that's Aramon Orozorona coming up a couple of my dark horses are going to be uh, on the guys side of things Richard Allen was down there not necessarily a dark horse for the win but he used to be an ITU guy so I've always got to pick the ITU guys yep. and uh, also got Justin Deere in there a good friend of the show and TJ Tonkson's also in there. He could be amongst the mix. What's happened to Kieran Doe? I do not know, Bevan. Um, 
you see him randomly coming up with a few half Ironmans like in New Zealand. Um, but no, I really don't know. No. Okay. Um, John, we had the hits race happening on the weekend and I've pulled out the results. Have you seen the results there? No, you go for it. Um, okay, let me see. I thought you said you pulled them up. I have. I hear it right in front yeah. of me. Yeah. Okay. They had about 30 people doing the full. Okay. Yeah, which is not huge results. So I see this pull it up here. I did pull it up. You did? And I must have deleted it, so I'm pulling it up sure again. Sure you did. Sure you did. Here we go. So Brian Forts uh, won it in a time of 10 hours and 10 minutes and 18 seconds. And then Dan Crouch was in second place in 10.51. And then Chuck Krieger in 11.37. And then can I find the chicks? It doesn't really have the females as such. First, first kind of girl name I see here. <laughs> kind of girl name. <laughs> oh, tread carefully. Tread yeah. carefully. What's well, a Kelly? Kelly. Could, but Kelly could be boy or girl. Can be, but I, I would say eight times out of ten, it'll be it'll be a um, it'll be a girl. Shauna. That's gonna be a girl, isn't it? Yeah. Shauna. I think she won. Okay. What about Kelly? Well, she got second. Okay. And then Heidi would have got third. Okay. Yep. But I haven't heard any. Those go- are unofficial I results. <laughs> And they got a surname? Yep. Um, Shauna Glasser, she did, well, oh, yes, no. Oh, no. Oh, what a wrong eyes. I'm looking in the wrong place. Fourth place, fifth place overall. The time of 12.20, Deborah Bagatelli. She wins them all. She just she goes and does those hits races and she just crushes them all every single time. She knows for a fact? Yeah, yeah she, every time we read out a hits race, she's won it. Oh, she's like the hits she's champion. And then it was Shauna in second and then... Um, sh- oh, wait a second. No, um, this is gold. Sean is in- and Kelly came in through Kelly Jones, right? So, there we go. So, great race. Now, John, last week on the show, we were talking about the hits and the London Bridge, yes. And who was it? Someone sent through an email. It was Aaron, the interpreter, uh, who it's sent through this message. He said, In 1967, the Common Council of the City of London placed the bridge on the market. So, this must have been in London. <laughs> They put, let's sell the bridge. Yeah. So they put on the market and began to look for potential buyers. Council member Ivan Lucklin had put forward the idea of selling the bridge and recalled, uh, they all thought it was completely crazy when I suggested we should sell the London Bridge when it was needed replacing. In April the 18th, 1968, Renner's Bridge was sold to an American. It was purchased by a Missourian entrepreneur, Robert McLaughlin of McLaughlin Oil for 25 basically $2.5 million. <laughs> the claim that McLaughlin believed mistakenly that he was buying the more impressive Tower Bridge right. <laughs> was denied by Lachlan in a newspaper interview. The bridge was taken apart. Each piece was... How do you say that word? Um, carefully <laughs> numbered. The blocks were shipped overseas and uh, by the Panorama oh God, Canal... Um, and basically, yeah, so they sold it and it got taken and so it is the original London Bridge. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so. Good purchase. <laughs> Bought gold. a bunch of bricks for $2 million. <laughs> $2.5 million back in 67 would have been oh, a lot of money. Huge amount of money. Man, that would have been a huge amount of money. For bridge. So it is the London Bridge. It's not the London Tower. No. No, that was a bit of a mistake. But I would still. have got suckered into that one too, I think. Yeah, so so there you go. So yeah, that was good work, Aaron. Okay, Jonbo, so. We also had... Oh, there's issues, Bevan, there's, there's issues. issues. Oh, dear, you, you pommies, poor old people of Henley, they're, they're not happy about challenge. Well, they're not happy, John, because... The, 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 <coughs> and, and you know what? Don't, did you read the news piece? Uh, yeah. Did you really? I, I, I did, yeah. Scanned it, didn't you? No, I read it. Did you read the whole thing? Yeah, and there was some Lord complaining about this, that, and the other thing. Lord 
Comroy's uh, thinks that um, that it should be done at Irodome Stoner Park has called for the event to be cancelled he has said why should these people be given the right to do this they should go to an aerodrome well I think so if you read the piece it's the local newspaper in, in Henley and it's just got the argument is that there's a challenge Henley in the UK yeah challenge and the, and the company that puts the race on now I can't remember their exact name right now but um, they're saying that it brings a million dollars worth of or X amount yeah well, it's, no, it's saying around a million. Okay. It's in this article because I read it. And yeah, uh, yeah. Around, around a million dollars worth of, you know, impact to the local community. Mm. And all the councillors and everyone in the community is kind of saying, really? We think that's a bit of bullshit, mm. basically. <laughs> so, so um, and so there's a bit of adversity. And a lot of people, a lot of the councillors and a lot of the local business owners are kind of saying, let's get rid of this race. And the reason, one of the reasons it is, is because they are looking at changing the course. So they're looking at making a three lap course or something, or there's three alternative routes that they can Mm. use for this race. And no one's really happy about it. And obviously some businesses are going to be affected and and they're obviously putting their hand up more. But uh, it's interesting stuff because you do see these small towns and you kind of think that if we bring, like Henley probably gets over a thousand competitors, wouldn't it? Ballpark, yeah. yeah, let's say, yep. and uh, you, you kind of think it must bring a good amount of money into a region, but mm. but this is a very snobby area of England, and uh, is it very well to do? And they just go, you, you people, you should go off and do that in, in the countryside <laughs> somewhere, you know, not on our not on our turf. It's good, it's good, mate, it's good. So who knows what's going to happen there? But um, that's just a, that's a, a news news piece. People want some change. Who knows if there's anything? If it's just a few people, you know, it would be interesting because you know if I'm putting on a race, if we're putting on a race and we're doing the social impact, whatever they call the report, where you show how much money you're making, mm. people are going to exaggerate. You know what I mean? You're going to make put it in your favour. Well, you, 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 no, I don't know if they exaggerate, but they wouldn't <clears throat> they make ac- it look account good. account for what would have happened anyway. Yeah. You know, if you say we're going to fill every bed in this town, well, there might have been. 50, 70% full anyway if it was a nice summer weekend or something like that. So, um, but you know, you, you, for, you, you, these events, you know, if you're getting 1,000 people coming, they'll probably bring another 1,000 people. That's 2,000 beds to, to fill for accommodation, roughly. How big is Henley? Um, you, seem to know, you seem to know a lot about it. It's, it's, a, rowing, it's a rowing place where they do all the rowing regattas and stuff in, okay. in the UK. So I don't know how far it is. Because we're probably going to be on the local news now and mm. they're going to say they called us this. Uh, what would you call them? The well-to-do, I, was, I don't know, snobby area? Snobby. Snobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. They're going to love you, John. I'm sure it's going to carry on. Go challenge Henley. Well, one thing um, Adam, who sent through, I'm not sure what Adam's last name was, but he sent through the email, and he said, look, they've got a, on the, the henleystandard.co.uk, they've got a survey. Do you want the race to happen? Mm. Yes or no? And currently, John... I went on there before and actually clicked my little support towards the race. Mm. And wait a second, here it is, the Henley Standard. 79% of the public want it to happen, John. Good. Now, I'm thinking it's probably more the internet trolls yeah. <laughs> coming in and clicking on that, but we should be there as well. So go onto the website. We'll put a link to it on our website, www.imtalk.me, okay. and click on no. Because the question is, in light of the ongoing route over the course, should next year's Challenge Henley event be postponed? So you want to put No. Okay. Mm. Certainly. Get on there and support Challenge Henley. And you know what, John? What? The Henley Hawks, I'm just reading some other news from the Henley newspaper, were tested by a tenacious Canterbury side who took their try-scoring opportunities to reach five touchdowns. Do you know there's a Canterbury in, in England as well? well? I just learned that right now, John. You know? So there, there you, you go. go. It's Christchurch as well. Is it? Yep, down by Bournemouth. Do you know what we call New Zealand? What? Do you know what we call New, New Zealand? There's a place in Holland called New Zealand or called Zealand. 
Yeah. And yeah. he said it's like new it's a New Zealand. Mm. It's pretty cool, eh? There we go. We're just we're pulling out all these amazing facts today. The London Bridge, how what's why it's called New Zealand. It's awesome. We've got to go do an interview, Bevan. Oh, do we? Yeah. Oh, I'm still reading about the, the Henley Hawks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Here we go. Our interview, and I'm just wondering, John, what's what's the next piece of news? Because I haven't got my notes in front of me. Uh, there's only a couple of days left to order the I Am Talk tees, the Kona ones, the red nice. ones from O2 Creations. Where do they go, John? Uh, O2 Creation. I think it's O2 Creation or O2 Creations. He's doing a search right now, and that's why he's like, I've lost him. Creation. He's coming back. A he's a little bit blind as well, so the eyes are starting to squint a little bit. I just don't know if it's o2creations.com or o2creations. must be o2creations. This is great. I think podcast. it's going to be creations because they, they create more than one thing. Uh, if I could spell creations, it would uh, help. So yeah. Guys, when you do this, there is an R in creation. Yep, that's good. Anyway, next piece of news. <laughs> we'll have a link to it on www.iamtalk.me. That's what we'll do, John. Go to we'll always let it out. But if you want to get one of the red T-shirts that we're wearing in Kona, I think the o2creation.com. Okay. Then, then click on the Hong Kong one, Hong Kong logo, uh, Hong Kong in the middle of the page, and then it'll go there. Great. Cool. Can you hear that noise outside? Yes, that's your builders next door, isn't that's it? A, they're putting on their house pretty quick, but aren't they? They are. They're not mucking around. No. Okay, other person. <coughs> well, now we're going into ITU news because we've had, that's basically, so out of this news of bumbling our way through, we've had uh, two items of news, basically. We really have. But John, now it gets good. Whitfield's leaving ITU. He is. He, no real surprise. No real surprise. So he's, uh, he, he declined his opportunity to be named on the national team. So he uh, still would have been picked. Yeah, he's still good. Yeah, he's, still, he's not going to win um, many World Championship Series races, but he's uh, he's still good enough to be part of the mix for sure. But he's, he must he's be pretty old now. I think he's thirty-seven. Wow, I do you guy at thirty-seven. Yeah, and Bevan, Bevan and Gimmel, they're, they're thirty-six as well, or maybe thirty-five. No, they're a little bit younger. They're only a year younger than Bevan. Bevan's a year younger than me. And how old are you? Thirty-six. Uh, so Whitfield's going long, um, but he hasn't decided which race he's going to do, but it sounds like one of the Canadian iron distance so races. So will we see him at Kona? Who knows? Uh, there was a list that they said he might do Mont Blanc, he might do um, Penticton, Challenge Penticton, he might do Whistler, he hasn't really decided yet, so it'll be but, interesting to see where he goes. But, but if he does Kona John, will he win it? No. Oh, John, you've always talked up these ITU guys, you've always gone ITUs are the best, and every person I've said, now that they're coming over John, they're going to want you to go, no. He's a bit long in the tooth, you know, for, but, but, and will he have that same drive? I just don't, that's, just, that's the thing I think about Bevan as well, is whether he's going to have that drive, you know, he's achieved so much in short course, whether he will cross that over. Whereas if you get a guy, say a, a Potts or somebody like that, who's come across when they've done some really good things in ITU, but haven't sort of crested the world and been a world champion and all the, the, the fame and et cetera that goes with it. So The paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. so I wonder. One guy that I think can, could do really well is uh, Ivan Rana. See, I'd never heard of this guy. He was world champion in 2003, I think it was. Uh. To, around about then, um, and he, he lost the sprint finish to Bevan in 2000 and... When, when Doherty won the World Champs? Yeah, which was either 2003 or 2004. I think it was 2003, actually. Um, so wait, when did Brana win it? 
maybe he won in 2002. Because you know the stuff off by heart, John. I'd have to go through my systems, Bevan. Um, but anyway, he won uh, half Ironman pretty convincingly, a 70.3 in Lanzarote. Uh, last weekend so he, he's got a pretty good all round package he's a good runner um, he ra- tried to race pro cycling for a year as well uh, and he's a good swimmer so I think he could be somebody to look out for probably the one big story of the weekend though is drug bust drug bust Mark Fretter now he is a former ITU world champion isn't he no you see this is where the, oh, uh, it's deceiving John it is deceiving because I don't know I don't remember it all off by heart and I read well he must have been pretty good then well so I don't know how the hell, but he somehow he managed to get the world number one ranking um, at one stage. And he is, look, uh, nothing against the guy. He was, a, he was a good athlete, but he is a middle-of-the-pack athlete. Um, well, I know how he got there, John. What? He's using drugs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this is true. So anyway, he was apparently he was a world number one, but he was never that good. Like he was the type of guy, if you go to a World Cup level, a second-tier race, he might get a top 10, maybe a top five there. But if you were to go to a World so, Championship yeah, wait, season, so, so he's a guy who doesn't really even go to the World Championship races. And he does. But he never did that well, but it, got the number one ranking. It must have been when a lot. It must have been some change in the system, and maybe he stacked all these races at the start of the season and everybody else's points dropped off or something like that. But somehow he managed to get the world number How long one was he number one for? I don't think very long. 20 hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not t- dissing the guy at all. He w- he is a good middle of the Solid athlete. athlete. Yeah. Uh, if he, in America, if he was to go and do like the American races, you'd generally be picking him in the top, top three, top five out of the Americans. Yep. So he was good, but he was by no means uh, a big hitter. But anyway, he's been busted. Sean, this we, brings we, up a big question, doesn't it? We we hope like hell it's not a false positive. You know, like some people say, oh, he's innocent. Well, yeah, but it sounds like he hasn't he hasn't disputed it. No, he's he's accepted. The, yeah, the, the, and and where he's been busted is for EPO, and how did, did you get me a glass of water? Yeah, oh, you're so polite. You yeah. come to my house and you're the host. Feed, feed the backs. Um, he's been busted for EPO, but also it's been through the um, biological passports method, which is which is fascinating. So what basically happens is they've been keeping a record of his his bloods basically for a long period of time, and then so. So by doing that, they've been able to see if there's been an increase in certain things like hemoglobin, um, hemocrat and crit and stuff what, like that. What was interesting though is he got a warning in 2009 about some about about something drug related. I didn't couldn't find heaps and heaps of dirt on it. But he certainly got a warning in 2009. About saying your numbers are up a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, he's been busted, <laughs> and you know what, Bevan. I'm really pissed <laughs> because when you get a cyclist being busted, this is this is way how I interpret it. You get a cyclist being yeah, busted. Oh, it's and a go, sport. It's a sport. You know, you read Tyler Hamilton's book and you go, "Well, look." Did you see Lance's photo? No. Oh, what a dork! So he's, he's released on his Twitter a photo of him lying under on a couch and some. You know, he's obviously got a lot of money. He's a beautiful lounge, lying underneath all his winners' jerseys. Right. It's like you're just coming across as a dork now. Yeah. You know, you just look like a dork. <laughs> you know, like you're just ah, uh, just. Move on, mate. Um, anyway, uh, why it fires me up is in cycling. I th- you know, if we, I think if, if we were honest, if we were in that situation, what choice would you make? You, it's it's really hard to go. You've got you've got no chance in the old days. If you want to be a good cyclist, you basically had to take drugs if you wanted to be right up there with the big hitters. Yeah. In triathlon, Wait a second. here's the photo. It really set like two days ago. That's that's, that's pretty poor, <laughs> <Yeah>. poor form. <laughs> <laughs> the guy while he's down, but that is poor for him, you know. <laughs> anyway, but when I Dork. think about triathletes, I'm thinking, you know, I, I know a few of the guys at the top, and I'm I'm really convinced that they're not on drugs. Um, I guarantee that you know, 
I don't know, maybe put a figure on it. I would I'd say maybe ten percent. You know, if you think top ten in cone, top ten Olympics, maybe one of those guys on drugs. I'm not I'm not sure if that's accurate, but but anyway. But I'm, now, I'm not, now is the being painted, John. Yeah, I'm not, not naive <laughs> to think that there's not drugs within our sport, but I really think that if you're in a position that you take drugs, you uh, that is a really you're, you're taking that not just to keep up as you would in cyclists. You're taking them to try to beat other people, and yeah, if if, if he's guilty, which you obviously assume that he is. He's tested positive and he's, he's not yeah, contesting he's not it. I just yeah. think, scum. Well, it does bring to the bigger question, John, and it's one we haven't really touched on, is is our sport riddled with drugs? I, I honestly don't think it's riddled with drugs. I would love to know the cost. What's well, the that, cost of getting EPO? And that has been often my argument, is there's not, not much enough money. money in the sport. And this is a guy that is in the middle of the packer, um, yeah, making a living out of so, the sport. So what, what would a guy of this level kind of make? Hundred grand a year? No, I wouldn't have thought he'd make that much. They're definitely not, because he is he is the equivalent of a lot of our Kiwi guys. Um, second, you know, the second tier guys, they can go around, they can pick up prize checks everywhere, and they, and they can make a living. It would be the same as what they were doing if they had a job, yep. probably. You know, so yep. I don't know. They say fifty thousand. Something so, say fifty thousand. Yeah. It surprises me that um, you can afford to to go into that. So if, if people have got the numbers on what it would cost to to, to run EPO, I would love to know that because you could say you okay. So you can argue, okay, John, if I'm earning fifty grand a year, is no, you know, we don't know how much EPO costs, but well, I, I seem to remember from Tyler Hamill's book, I thought he was spending about twenty thousand euros. Yeah, but I think they were paying for the doctor. Mm. You know, they were mm. paying for the doctor's brains to be on mm. their side to win the battle, and so maybe the drugs themselves weren't that expensive it was more just to have the mind behind you that mm. knew how to manipulate it and to, to your avoid advantage it. yeah avoid things. so because um, they were paying a lot those guys were mm. but I'm curious you know like obviously you could afford it mm. or, or we made it work and the thing is if you go if, if I'm going to cheat there's a financial you know cost in doing that mm. but it's an investment that could bring a bigger return so if you're a guy who's like you know a, a top 15 in Kona you start using some EPO and you, you start get getting top, top three you know mm. if you get top five you know it's not just the prize money you're going to get it's all the sponsorship opportunity someone like Freddie Van Leer he's going to make a lot more money this year because of his race in Kona mm. now that's probably worth at least 100 grand a year mm. so if it costs you 20 grand to do some drugs but the return's going to be 80 grand and you're someone who is willing to cheat mm. You know, it's it's like you like to think that Iron Man doesn't have it, and I think we've always kind of thought, well, the cost of doing drugs is so expensive, and the money in our sports is not high. But phew, the, when you read those books and you see how easy it was and how easy it was to get away with it, this is one of the first cases <laughs> that I've seen though that somebody's been busted from um, the biological passports, which I find interesting because that's mm. got the well, I, I don't know. Just from a layman's point of view, you think how but the hell, the how the hell do you passport, cheat that system? Well, do you cheat it by being a cheat from the start? Yes. You know what I mean? Like if they come in and they start taking your bloods, but you're already cheating. Yeah, but if you catch them right when they start come out of the junior ranks or whatever, and if they haven't got onto it then, when you first sign on to be a professional the first year, if you've got to sign on for that, it just seems like it would be really hard to, to cheat that system. Well, I'm sure they'll try, John. I'm yeah. sure they'll try. Anyway, another one um, uh, out, of the, out of the ITU uh, ranks is that um, I didn't really get this. You sent an article. Really, uh, you kind of sent the wrong. Yeah, one. I think you did. I think I did. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, it was just something that I that, that was interesting for me is Chris Gemmell and I think it's uh, what's her name Harrison, the French, the English French girl. They've basically been elected back onto the the board of athletes, and and that's one thing that ITU do very. Oh, so Gemmell's well. still going to be in the ITU game. Well, he's going to be on the, the <sighs> basically the athletes board, so he's, he's still going to have a voice in there. But what they do really well, the ITU is. 
you do you have, you have a group of athletes I think they have eight athletes that are elected onto the board and they have a really strong voice in terms of the direction the sport's going now they may not always get their way and I certainly they wouldn't I guarantee they don't but, but at least their voice is being heard and, yeah. and I don't understand why WTC couldn't do the same thing you know how many pro athletes are now signed up under their thing you say right we're going to have um, four athletes that are going to be nominated to just a, a, a committee or whatever and uh, and to get the, the consensus across the athlete view and they may have um, some sort of voting system or do some, uh, I don't know, a, an annual survey. Um, so WTC, if you're listening, take a, take a leaf out of ITU's book and, uh, and let the athletes have at least a bit of a voice. I, I, I see your point. I think one of the problems of our sport is in comparison to ITU, is the ITU guys live a life together. So the ITU guys, they'll turn up to five or six races a year. They'll kind of, the friendships, the bonds are a little bit stronger. Whereas an Ironman, you know, you might race the same guys once a year. The, the organisation of the pros, and, you know, we've had, remember years ago, who was it? Um, who tried to do the, the pro organisation, remember? Olaf. Olaf, yeah. And, um, you know, he tried to do a pro you know, but I think that was before there was a pro membership. So now you, you know, they will have all their pro details all together in one place. Who signed up for that year? How hard would it be to just have a little election saying, right, you vote. If you don't vote, who cares? You know, but, but vote four or five people onto the board, do a couple of surveys, or have a couple of just have a little sign in area saying. This topic's up for discussion. We're debating whether or not the the the, um, the draft distance should be um, eight meters or ten meters, or the violation penalty should be this. What do you guys think? And then they can take that to WCC. This is what the athletes think, and they can go, "Well, we've factored that in, and this is our decision, and this is why, and this is why we have or haven't done that." But I think it will build up a lot of goodwill between the athletes and the um, the pros. The athletes are always going to go, "Oh, give us more prize money, do this, that, and the other thing." Um, but when they actually comes to make decision, at least if they listen to their opinion um, you know maybe we'll head in the right direction around the, the qualifying system the point system you know the athletes might have some really good ideas that WTC haven't even thought about um, I don't know just putting it out there one other thing that I really like the look of and this was I, I pulled this little video clip off uh, k226.com was uh, the F1 triathlon series that so, yeah, we used so, to see so in America it's a cool website not, not a very big race but they only had what that's all you can have. So, so basically, the, the Formula One triathlon used to be massive in Australia. It used to be awesome. You'd have, say, 30 guys lining up, and you'd have all these different super sprint, different formats, and it was awesome TV watching, and it was great to, great to see, and the, the athletes ordered very well. So somebody in the States has started that up with F1Try.com. It looks like they've only had one race. It was just a few weeks ago. They only had 20 athletes. But, but that's all you need. That's yeah. If you have too many, they just get spread out. So, but is it like, because, like, okay, cool. But as a profit-making venture... Is it they're selling the rights to watch? It's going to be the way they make their money. Oh, I don't know, and I don't, I don't know how. Like, look, look, like if the photos are from, and I'm pretty sure the photos must be from the race they just had. Yeah, it looks like a proper race. It looks, oh yeah, and, it, and, and the names there were were, were, were good. Sort yeah. of really good second tier athletes, some some couple of first tier athletes, but I think Clark Ellis from New Zealand he finished um, he got second, second two thousand bucks. Yeah, and he's um, yeah at the world. Championship Series race, he was in the top twenty. He's he's a sort of third or fourth ranked Kiwi, um, so it just looks really cool. So I'm just stoked that somebody's taken the initiative of uh, restarting that because we discussed this last week. You know, I think the the um, the nature of Olympic triathlon uh, potentially could change. And you know, if you had something like this in the Olympics instead of an Olympic distance race, or you spiced it up a little bit, I think it'd be really really interesting, and it would draw a lot a lot bigger general population did the video have the whole race it had bits and pieces of it yeah it was good 
Oh no, like uh, looks great. I'm just curious to see. They've got some good, like obviously the people behind it. And we, I can't tell from the website who's behind it. They've got some connections because they've been able to put together a pretty good race mm. with only 20 athletes in it. Mm. And you kind of go, well, where's the money? And because the, the athletes won't be paying entry fees, no, <laughs> and you wouldn't make much profit from a 20 race race. Yeah. And so, yeah, where's the money? Don't know. Should get them on. Maybe we should. Yeah. I'm just moving on to the next segment okay, of the show. I can tell. It just lost me. <laughs> <laughs> They've even got some some old school pictures on their Facebook page of Greg Welsh going around the corner, oh, first place. It used to be gold. It was. He's really... got um, Bevan in second. Yeah. Who was Bevan? Brad Bevan? Oh, Brad Bevan. Chasing yeah. him down. I think it's Brad Bevan. Give me a look at your screen. Here we go. Look at that. That's Welsh, isn't it? Let me, I'll, I'll do a little commentary here. Here we go. They're coming up over the bridge. Is it so Brad Bevan? Got, uh, Greg, I think that's Greg Welsh in first year. That was Brad Bevan. Good spotting. You got um, yeah. you got Wes Hobson in there next to uh, Hamish Carter, and oh, you've got Benjamin Sanson. I'll get you to check out number eighteen in the second Bevan. Okay, I'm looking uh, forward to it. He's taking my computer away from And those are the front ones that I can pick up. Check out ben- Benjamin Sanson on the right there. Number eighteen. What do you notice about him? He's, he's pretty flesh looking dude. He's got the girls' togs on. Oh, he is too. <laughs> Did he wear girls' togs? Pretty much. They were random. Really? Yeah. Why did he do that? I don't know. He was very out there, dude. That guy was the fastest swimmer you've ever seen in triathlon. He just used Still? to just munch it. Would he take on pots? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Really? Yeah, he was a machine. Well, that's why he girls' togs. Mm. And he was a bit of a porn star, too. Was he? Yeah. The chicks loved him. You could yeah. tell. I'm just looking there. He looks like James Bond. Yeah. Where's Hamish Carter? Oh, Hamish Carter's got the grey shorts on, number seven. Yeah. So they're trying to bring this back, John. Oh, it's going to be brilliant if they do. Nice work, you guys. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Someone from there, surely you listen to the show. Give us get in contact with us because we'd love to have, talk to you about it. Mm. Okay. Athlinks.com. Yes. And if you do that race, John, you can go on there and put it in your rivals. Exactly. So one thing uh, I love doing that you can compare your rivals. I need to build up a bit, bit a bigger team of rivals, and once I start getting back into racing, doing. Uh, because I'll do Ironman New Zealand 2014, I'll do the uh, 70.3 in Kona and probably do Auckland 70.3 in uh, January. Um, and the build up, and you can then you basically build up your team of rivals and you can just pick who you want to compare yourself against. So I've, I've logged in as myself and I'm going to compare myself against a couple of guys I know I've raced a bit. So say Andrew Black and uh, and let's go Murray Lapworth, the Holy Hammer. Who well, was, funny you say that, John. Well, funny I should because I saw him when I was biking here this morning at six o'clock in the well, morning. Well, I saw him. Joe and I went out for a romantic dinner the other night. Yeah. A place called Adesia. Yeah. Pretty high price That's food. good. Yeah, yeah. Did you go there, did you? Yeah, yeah. When did you go there? Uh, Blunder's work do a couple of years ago. Nice. Did you like it? Yeah, a bit noisy. Uh, but the, the acoustics were not great, but um, the food was fantastic. The acoustics were not great. And somewhere else where the acoustics were not good, you can't hear people talk. Uh, well... Mary Lapworth was in 28 year, I think it was, anniversary of his wife. Oh, right. 28 or 38? Mary's, maybe 48. Mary's daughter, Annabelle, she's signed up in our triathlon kids program, cranking it. Well, he's just, um, you know. Murray raced last weekend at the uh, Ashburton Half Ironman, the South Island. Has he got his result in there? Uh, probably not quite yet, He could, but he could. If he wanted to put the unofficial result up, he could put his unofficial result. So anyway, um, I'm going to compare myself against, you know, you basically have your list of all your rivals there, you can click against who you want to compare against, I'll compare against Andrew Black and Murray Lapworth because I've both raced them a few times, and when I do that, it's going to basically, oh, what a surprise, it brings me out on top. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, it's it's basically pulls up all the races, um, and we've we've had four races. What about you and Axel? 
I must get Axel onto this. Because your next would be pretty close, wouldn't it? Uh, or have would you be. got him? My my fastest road time is faster than his. No, but you haven't raced. He he would beat me in most. He beat me in almost all running races. And he beat you in New Zealand, didn't he? Yeah, but we both. Yeah, we'd have been. We that. crumbled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we crumbled. Still like beat us, but he still beat us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, basically pulls up all the races where I've gone head to head with those um, those three athletes, and it'll give me the time difference between each of them at each event. So really cool if you've got your local little set of uh, rivals you like to go up against, and you can, uh, you know, what you can do is, is pull up this information and then um, you know, slap it in your flipping Tri Club newsletter or something like that. Or nice, that's yeah, a good idea, actually, put, isn't it? Put it onto your Facebook page or something like that. Just just laying the record straight. Who would be Christchurch's best Iron Man right now? Right today. Today. Probably Andrew Black. Andrew Black, you're the current champion. I would have thought. Christchurch champ. Yeah. John, peach up on Facebook. Yeah. You know, you're putting all the races you're going to do next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw He's that gone there. John may qualify with Kona at 73.3. Oh, the irony. I don't have a problem with it. I, 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 John, I totally think that... But then I would have put maybe you could go on the lottery. <laughs> Look, I am all against... I should not be able to qualify at but a 70.3. A system. But if there's a system in place, you, you take advantage of it. Same for, for the Auckland 70.3 coming up in January. You know, it's got Kona slots. If you want to get there, it's a hell of a lot... Well, you got to win, you, you well, right? win your age group, but it's... Um, no, go for it. But, but my policy still stands that you should not be able to get... Kona slots from a 70.3 but we did discuss maybe at just the championship races oh championship I think is probably yeah I can understand it there at the championship races but other a minimal 70, amount other 70.3s I agree but but I'm going to take but you opportunity will. that I can but what about some person who's doing an Ironman with their life away for an Ironman and you just go steal a slot and they should have done 70.3 <laughs> John you no, but I, I think you're a disgrace should, to your name but I think they should be banned from 70.3s except for championship races and maybe and Kona, Kona. and Kona <laughs> John's going to be Kona. Yeah. Just, just keep that Kona one there for 2014 then drop it athletes.com <laughs> guys go on there put on your rock and roll okay uh, what is it uh, discussion of the week uh, so last week we were talking about solutions to drafting and I'm just pulling up my little page right here and uh, with what happened at Miami 70.3 last weekend we were wondering what your solution would be for fixing drafting also if people are clearly cheating on purpose should there be stronger penalties if so what should they be and this really stemmed from the Austrian girl who was at Florida. It's really cheating. It wasn't just drafting. It was blatantly two-up time-trialling with her boyfriend, allegedly. Um, and there was some photographic evidence. To, oh, was there photos as well? There was some, there was some pictures of um, and riding very, very, quick, very, very close together. So if, if it's the pictures, can you still say allegedly or do you say... I'm going to stick with allegedly. Yeah, best to be safe. <laughs> I'm allegedly as well, just for the record. <laughs> Least for anyone caught drafting should have their bike chopped in half and made to run the remainder of the bike course with their bike shoes carrying two bits of their bike. Um, Ken McReady, <coughs> excuse me, has got um, given the races. <coughs> sorry, uh, questions. Uh, given the racer in question's record of admitting cheating in several different ways in the fairly recent past, it's surprising that she's even be allowed to race after a no-tolerance policy has been taken against others. With regards to drafting, I don't think making the rules stricter is the answer, as it will just catch more and more people on technicalities who are caught in the draft zone without intending to draft or with getting the benefit of drafting unintentionally, while the real cheaters continue to do it when no officials are around it's more a question of monitoring than tighter rules. 
Uh, where's little? If you really want to limit the drafting, you need to limit the size of the field, the instance of multi-lap courses, have a decent interval between waves, and have the appropriate number of course marshals. Well, Cannon's gone for a different approach. He's got uh, draft legal is where it's at. It will always be a problem with draft flat courses, huge numbers, and mentality that drafting is not that bad. Mm. George Larson, you have to take out the option uh, opinion factor of the referee on the circuit and in an electronic distance measurement measurement system that marks an athlete, marking as in pre-warning penalty, uh, pre-penalty warning, second system marking on the course would lead to a penalty even without referees involved. Other than that, legalise it. Interesting. Trevor Carsten's got, um, Carsten's got, I acted as a draft buster marshal in several Ironman races and half, man, half Ironman races that had a huge field sizes and with the main bulk of the athletes coming out of the swim in around the 10 to 20 minute zone there's basically no way of properly draft busting up to a thousand plus athletes and what is a five a rolling 5k long pack there is just not enough real estate for all the athletes to fit drafting cannot be avoided especially until the first major haul or around 50k into the bike and the pack spreads out o-m-h-o what does that mean john O-M-H-O, in my humble opinion. Oh, there we go. That was good work. Nice. Nice. Uh, more effort needs to be applied at the uh, pointy end of the race rather than uh, moppers, even though more drafting occurs in the mop. Uh, the effect of drafting is more pronounced towards the front with age group honours, corner slots, uh, etc. being the goal. Increase the penalty to include uh, ineligibility for age group awards. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Mm. Kona slots. Mm, that's a very good one for age groupers court. For pros, increase the time penalty to 10 minutes and half uh, the Kona qualifying points. Deliberately cheating is, in this case, a DQ. A ban from all WTC races for a remainder of the year. Electronic monitoring <laughs> will never work due to the fact that GPSs just aren't that accurate. Even military grade GPS has an, a point negative of one, one meter out, so it wouldn't work within our racing. So he's got some pretty good points here, but he is right, you know, like, and you've got. A thousand people in a race, that first fifty k's, as he's saying, he's been there. He knows. He knows it. Mm. It's pretty hard to monitor that. Mm. But I do like the idea that if you get caught drafting, you lose your chance of getting a corner slot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would definitely, for the point end of the race. Um, Sam Newell doesn't sound like this was a case of opportunistic or even unconscious drafting. This was predetermined cheating, and a DQ would be appropriate with a um, limited competition ban or a fine. Um, effect affect the pros where it hurts the wallet. For age groupers, a DQ, and if the drafting is deemed uh, predetermined, and in this case, then also a 12-month Iron Man ban. Oh, Paul, Paul Fitzgerald, he's got a good idea. Put the penalty box at the finish line, ruin the finish moment, and make him stand there and for all to see. A bit harsh on those who get badly designated coaches but are caught, but... But yeah, so how Dolphin do it? The drug agencies have done target those athletes who have been suspected of drafting in previous races and stick a draft marshal close to them most of the way around. Oh, nice. Uh, Peter Colson's got increased the penalties. Uh, it's the only way. 10 minutes first time, 23rd, second time, and 33rd. But I have found as a technical official in Australia that a lot of athletes just don't care if they're doing it, going for a PB and not a qualifier for another race. They just ignore stopping and keep going for the for the record. <laughs> so he's going. They 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 go. Well, I'm going to finish, and I'm going to get a 9:59, and it might not be down on the results list, but I did sort it at 9:59. I suppose you, you can see that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm just interested. What would you do if you got done drafting and you had to play the race? Would you go on? 
Um, no. <laughs> would you? I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I mean, you, 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 you. Okay, let's say you've travelled. I'm going to be so keen. Travel to Frankfurt. Yeah. You know, six months of your life and you get done, you feel you're a bit shafted. Well, there's no way I would ever get done twice in a race. If well, I got, John, I've seen you race. I can't believe you haven't been done twice. <laughs> if I got busted for drafting, um, for whatever reason, correct or incorrect call, there's no way I'm even remotely going within 15 metres of anybody if it was a really important race after yep. that. So there's no way it would happen to me. Um, but I'm just really interested to see if, if it's, my interest in this topic was more those people that are blatantly full-on drafting, not people that just get busted for drafting and then maybe they got in seven metres instead of ten metres. It's those that are just... I think the thing is, John, cheating. in big races, all of us could get caught at drafting mm. at some stage, mm. you know, just because of the volume, as, as someone was saying, I think... Oh, okay. It's a, a bit like in, 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 in football. My, my sort of thinking here is, is if you take a dive, you know, when you're in football, that is that is a really bad offence. Yeah. And, and this is... And, and this is yeah. I'm, I'm thinking for this has got to be predetermined, just full-on... Blatant, blatant drafting. What sort of penalty there should, should be? And for the pros, I don't know. Just DQing them or giving them a penalty, I don't think would work. They'd just probably move on to the next race, if it was, unless it was Kona or something. That's a slightly different story. Um, so I, I kind of think that if you're blatantly, blatantly but, but, drafting, but then how do you do a time ban? Because you can't say ban you for three races because you just go on with three races. I've been doing them anyway. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I haven't thought this one through, Bevan. What do you think? Well, I do like the idea that what Trevor came up with, with the idea of at the point, because, you know, for a lot of people out there, let's say you get off the bike, the first 50Ks, it's pretty hard not to draft to some extent, you know, you, there's just so many people around, so that's cool. But if you're going for an age group slot or if you're going for, you want to get to Kona, you know, and that's when people will take a bit more of a risk because they mm. go, you know what, I want to stay on this guy because he's giving me some speed. Mm. So you might make some calculated risks that it's, it's worth taking this risk to get this slot. Mm. But then if you get busted, you know you're not going to get that slot. It will make you think twice. And I kind of like that concept. When it comes to pros cheating... I, th I think that there should be an automatic disqualification if there's blatant drafting, no no warnings or anything like that. But I think they would need maybe to have a little handheld camera, I mean a little um, head-mounted camera, and just go, if that person is sucking serious wheel, like and I'm talking within a metre and sat there, sat there for more than... Yeah, for a long period of time. More than you know, 10 seconds or something, boom, you're out of there, gone. And, uh, and then for there to be some repercussions, and I don't know what the best repercussions would be after the race, um, but, but some sort of penalty. I remember one of my Ironmans in Ironman New Zealand, we were coming in that last part, you know, when you're kind of coming, coming off the main road and you're going back towards town, we're heading into that turn off and we had a guy in our pack who was just drafting. There's about five of us in the pack. And you know, we we're all kind of trying to keep the you know, mm. as much as you possibly could. And one guy at the back was struggling to stay with us, so he was just sitting on the back. Mm. And I, th I think I even said something to him because it was just mm. you know, it was just blatant, but mm. you can't stop him either. No. You know, you gotta try to do the shame thing, but yeah, it's I, it's one of the could we go to non draft? Could we go draft legal? Don't think we can. Maybe seventy. I just think it would become boring. We see what it does with an Olympic distance triathlon. How you, you've been saying how boring the bike league <coughs> becomes when it's a, when it's a drafting race. Yeah, but John, an Ironman, it's not that interesting anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe it'd be more interesting because people would try to you know attack a bit more. There's, an, there's a business opportunity for you. Somebody put up a million bucks and uh, and make it a draft legal. A million bucks, see, great! See, you'll see, get a billion happens. dollar return. Exactly. But well, do you know what I mean? Like if we were to think, let's go pros only. Well, let, <coughs> a bit like you today, mm. um, pros only, and they went and you know you could say okay you can draft now. 
I don't think a nine-man race. No one really watches a Hawaii man race other than Kona. Mm. And so it, I don't think the boredom thing's a bit of, you know, ITU I think it is because it's a, it's more of a television package. Ironman's not, so... But I think also for the athlete experience, you know, if, you, if, you, if I'm going to roll around a 180K course in a group drafting, it's not going to create the same sort of challenge for me as actually going out there and individual time trying yeah but if you look at those power files that guy on the ITU race when he was drafting it was just as hard as him doing it by himself now if you're getting a good pack mm. you're going to do your work you know if it's roll rolling around and stuff you know it's not like you're going to be pissing around you guys are going to be working hard so yeah. I reckon I, it, I mean New Zealand you should try it see, okay. see what happens yep Jeanette Jane if you're listening <laughs> Just, just give, give me the card that allows to draft and draft nobody free. else does allow that card. This week's topic anyway is uh, from Brent Campbell who's double 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 whammy in the show. He helped us out with the, um, the start list for Florida and also he's got a topic here. So he said it would be good to, go, to get a discussion of the week over on overtraining signs, symptoms and how to not feel guilty about resting. So I, sum- I tried to summarise that. For those of you out there who have ever been... Um, properly overtrained or in a really bad training rut how did you sort of recognize that how did you get out of it and what did you learn okay okay what's that? your worst ever training day worst ever training yeah day. you know like i was talking to someone about this the other day i remember one day you know because we, we, i used to train so much and uh i remember one day i had to do like a two-hour run and i'd i don't know, probably done three hours that day or something stupid and i'd had a big week and i'm running down the street and i'm thinking hopefully nobody sees me because i was so embarrassed of how slow i was running you know and then someone did see me and i remember saying to me oh look i had us having a bad day <laughs> <laughs> like i was literally like going like eight minute k's kind of seriously slow what's your you don't, you don't want to be seen walking in your running gear generally do you no 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 that's not a good look no but you know when you're just so tired, yeah. that you it's, it's it's actually pointless. Yeah, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I, I did finish that run, but I think I did like ten k's in two hours. It was pathetic. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't got any gold stories there, Bev, and I um, just have to think about that. Maybe that could be a discussion of the week. Okay, not this week. No, because this week comes from Grant Brett Temple. Mm. Okay, uh, let's put some music on, Jombo. This is gonna be a long show today. Okay, because we're already up to fifty minutes. Okay, we'll cut a bit out. Okay, do we, okay. We'll do age music group, on. We'll do age group. On. Okay, five high five, can wait? Yeah. Sorry, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> it was yours, but it's coming soon. Age group of the week. I just threw the finger at him and yeah. he just went. It went for it. Just had a kiss, Joe, from yeah. Joe. Yeah. Do you know what Joe does? Does Belinda do, do this? Do I really want to know? <laughs> oh, it depends. Yeah. Does, she, does Belinda wear lip gloss? Yeah, yeah, you're looking glossy. <laughs> yeah, you're looking beautiful. I can smell it too. I don't have very big lips. I've got no top lip. Yeah, see, see that? Yeah. No top lip. <laughs> top lip. Yeah, so I've almost got like feel like a bigger lips because I've got lip gloss. Yeah, I get a bit of Botox. Botox. No, because yeah, Botox lip. doesn't make you bigger, doesn't it? No, what Botox does. I've got a friend who's my age. Yeah, a little bit younger. Guy or girl? Girl. Yeah, she's an attractive girl, but she gets Botox, and she doesn't need it. But that's what Botox does, John. Mm. Is it preserves you? So you, it, it stops movement so you don't get wrinkles, basically. Mm. So I've got a mate who's a doctor who does it to himself. It's weak. Weak? Why weak. is it weak? Just age gracefully. Just, just let it happen. Just let it happen. I'm with you, John. Yeah. What about if we go bald? Yeah. <laughs> just shave the rest of your hair off. Really? Okay. John, age group of the week this week was sent through by a guy called either Thomas James or, or James, James Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I think, I think it's James Thomas. <laughs> On a different subject, so he was obviously talking about something else. Yeah. Do you know what else he was talking about? No. 
No. Okay. I'd like to nominate Brent Titus as Age Grouper of the Week. He did IMM Wisconsin yesterday. Wow, I didn't know it was on yesterday. It's a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Okay. He uh, He's in the age group of 50 to 54. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Finished in 11 hours and 52 seconds. That 52 seconds would have hurt. Mm. Came in seventh in his age group and his second Ironman ever. He did a 10.35 last year at Ironman C, which would be what, Coeur d'Alene? Canada, probably. Oh, Canada, okay. Um, here are his splits. He had a massive crash on the bike. Oh, hence his bad second split. He finished battered, bloodied, bruised, and with one final K as a sprint against another guy to get the go for the Kona slot. I don't know if he got the spot yet. Hopefully he did. Let us know, because I, I, I had a look at the list and I couldn't really tell. But I just wanted to nominate him from an outstanding, gutsy performance. So last year he didn't at 10.35. This year he didn't live now, so it's obviously not as fast. But he had a massive crash, and then had to dig deep to go. It would be cool to know that you know me and this next guy are going for the slot towards the end. Because mm. it's one of the downfalls when you're racing. Like, I know when I won my age group in New Zealand. No, the time I was trying to... Oh, no, it was when I won my age group. You, you don't know where you are in the field. Mm, totally. You know, and so you see numbers going by, and you're trying to figure out, this, is my age group or not, or can mm. I stay with them? And Remember all the controversy in Kona when uh, guys were wearing their compression socks and was covering up the letter on their leg? Oh. Oh, dear, that was controversial. They were almost going to ban it, weren't they? Remember? Yeah, they, they, did. Ban- they did ban him, and then they reneged. Yeah, that was, that was a bad call. <laughs> so he swam as a 106. Solid. And then he biked a 717, but this obviously had a crash, and I'm thinking it happened in the second part. Yeah. And then he ran a... 340. 340, that's solid, so his, man. His swim, solid. 106, steady, solid. 340, for his age group, that's a really respectable run time, and it was uh, seventh fastest in his age group I think um, yep. and but his bike did let him down but we can obviously know for reasons the reasons for that so outstanding effort let's hope you got a Kona slot because if you had a crash luck if you missed out on just missed out on a Kona slot because if you are sort of seventh in your age group I wouldn't have thought that's going to be good enough for a slot unless it rolls down in the 50 to 54 I'd be picking that probably be what four or five um, what if you're lucky, is this? I'm in Wisconsin. Um, I did have a look, and I couldn't tell from the website. Didn't, didn't say who hasn't hasn't qualified. But anyway, outstanding effort for carrying on when going got tough, and you had a bloody battered and bruised body, and you won a sprint finish. So Brett Titus, you are our age, age group of the, of the week. week. Love your work. Okay, so let's put one of these interviews on. So what what we've got now is we've got um, from Endurance Corner. Or do you want to sponsor first? Uh, we'll do coffees of Hawaii. Okay, coffees of Hawaii, Hawaii. John. Uh, what are we talking about today? Christmas is coming. It is too, John. It's time to start thinking about your gift giving. And I was thinking... We were talking... Joe, you know what we did the other day? Count with lists. Well, no. Well, funny you say that, John. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> John went for a romantic walk on Sunday night. Yes. Beautiful day here on Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we thought we'll go for a walk. So we went for a walk. We went down the hill, across, and back up the hill. You want an interesting fact? Go on, then. You... Well, last week we discussed how... How high I went. Yeah. Yeah. And I measured it today. How high? And... Uh, well, we get up to where the turn off. I have to bike up a, a climb that's around about ten percent gradient, and that that, that turn up there. I, I'd say twenty five percent. Yeah, seems you're, like you're, that you're getting up home. to about one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty meters. So where the cup is, you're saying sea level. Yep, and then I have to drop down. You lose about twenty five meters dropping no, down. No, not from the cup to here. You do. You come not down your steep grade. Your hill. Your no, you do. No, not twenty five meters. Twenty five meters is massive. No, you, well, I, I'd say we're about one one o one ten. The Garmin does not like. Yeah, yeah. So we, here we're at about um, one hundred and ten meters elevation. Yes. Um, and you thought what bottom, you think bottom, week? bottom of the hill is about at probably ten fifteen meters above sea level, so it's about a hundred meters 
up, up yeah. from from the from the bottom of the hill. Maybe we should take a photo so people can see what we do in the morning now. We could do that. We could do the behind photo because mm-hmm. John and I we do have a nice view nowadays. It's we better do. than my bedroom. Behind the scenes that I am tall. Yeah, we could do a like a documentary on it. We could, you know, not like the documentary on me. This life, I am talk. There you go. And then how we do the show. But how, I don't even know how we got onto that. But you, you well, went no, for anyway, a walk. So John, I went for a walk, walk, and Joe goes to me. We need to make a Christmas list. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, because normally what I do is I just go ring my mum. Mm. What, what do you want? What does Dad want? What does Shelley want? Yeah, you know. And then she tells me, and I just go and buy it. But John wants to do a list this year, and mm. I'm thinking, John, what would be on that list? For her or for you? For her. Yeah. What would you buy, Joe? Um, a subscription to a running program. <laughs> a great running program called Race Team. Yeah. Um, no, Coffees of Hawaii. I coffees buy a of Hawaii. Like coffee. But this is the gift that keeps on giving. It's it like it's a gift that because keeps on you know it'd be a good present. You give somebody like a, this is the theme: a recurring delivery for a year. You give them say a bag of coffee for for you know there's twelve bags of coffee recurring for one year. It is the gift that keeps on giving. Every month they're going to and think. Yeah, you're Devin right, John. You're right. It's not just one bag of coffee; it's twelve. Yeah, that's good. And you know what, John? I've right. got a strategy. Let's strategy? say you're not having much, you know, snuggly buggly in your life yeah, right now. Yeah, it's scientifically proven to enhance your snuggly buggly life. I know. And the problem is, is that often not we just get tired, don't we? We work hard mm. lives, so you go to bed with the intentions of tonight, 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 and you go to bed, and then the tired bug hits you. No, Bevan. You make it happen. <laughs> oh, really? It's a commitment. Yeah. Well, no, because what you do is you tell your partner you bought some decaf, so you get a decaf packet. Yeah. But then in the packet you spike put the it, spike <laughs> it. And then you go to bed and she's all wired. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I'm feeling a bit happy tonight. <laughs> Round two later on. <laughs> I can't two. get to sleep. <laughs> Round two even. I was hoping like, for Round one. Round two. <laughs> there you go. So it's the decaf trick. That's what we'll call it. The Iron Talk decaf trick. There you go. You know, and, and tell you what. Yep. And just give it a Christmas present. Well, you trial run it for us and let us know how it goes down. Okay, I will. Joe won't do it because she doesn't. Oh, she's, we have to get well, some She decaf. won't know. She won't do yeah, it. Yeah, we haven't got decaf. I have to get some. That's what she's getting for Christmas, decaf. Yeah. 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 Um, so they've got recurring delivery for 2012 fresh roasted coffee delivered to your door on schedule that you choose for a limited time only get a free cappuccino cup and saucer when you sign up for recurring delivery dot 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 and your first three deliveries ship free do you know what I do like recurring deliveries because mm. like I'll get protein powder nowadays because mm. you know I'm getting pretty massive mm. and uh and it runs out and it's a bit of a pain. Mm. You know, go on there, you got to put your credit card Yeah, it's just a hassle. And I was like, if they had a recurring delivery, I kind of, every two months, I kind of really need more. Mm. And so you kind of go, well, if it just works. It does. And, and it's also a nice surprise. Mm. So, John, let's just do it. Coffeesofoy.com. Check, check, check it out. Okay, guys. So we've got Marilyn McDonald from Endurance Corner on the show. Let's get her on, Jonbo. Let's do it. Right, very happy to have another one of the team from Endurance Corner back on this week. So welcome back to regular contributor Marilyn McDonald. Good to have you back. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. Marilyn, one of the things we know that uh, well, most coaches say is consistency of training is generally what's going to get you to where you want to get long term. And a big part of that is creating a bit of a routine, which seems like it's one of your sort of pet topics. So today's topic was going to be the importance of routine and creating your own team. Um, so what, how did this sort of uh, area of speciality come about for you? Um, I just think, you know, over years of being in, in sport in general, as far as, uh, you know, between show jumping, cycling, triathlon, um, and then being involved in quite a few different 
groups, whether they be professional squads or amateur squads or creating my own environment, traveling around, um, that sort of seems to be a common theme as far as, you know, especially the longer that you're in sport is that training generally, there's not a whole lot of secrets over years and years. You kind of figure out that it's a lot of the same recipe over and over again. And the most common theme that I've come across to the really successful athletes as well say it's really about creating environment for success. And there's like very key things that are said over and over again by the best in the world with that. And it's always routine, you know, support system and what the support system provides for you. Um, it, it doesn't end up becoming about one particular session or one key secret magic um you know, workout or something like that. It's always, you know, consistently doing things over time and, and having that network in place so that you don't get burnt out. Um, you're always bringing your best, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a complete package as far as your nutrition, your sleep, the amount of effort you'll be able to give. Um, and so, you know, if you always have people to be accountable to people that, you know, they keep the standard very high, you're always, you know, bringing your best because you know you have people that expect the best from you. These are the kinds of things that really keep you on top of your game, keep you improving over years and years. I um, I, did, I watched a, a little mini documentary on the Brownlee brothers the other day, and uh, and they seem to have a pretty simple routine. They more or less do the same, very similar thing every week, and they have their same training um, routes they go on every week when they're at home. So yes, yeah, certainly. I think we can hear what you're saying. So the first point you sort of make is uh, is trying to create a simple life. What what do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really, you see, it, it's different with different cultures. And so mostly what, you know, the most common thing I see, especially in, in North America, is that things are open 24-7. And there's sort of this lifestyle expectation that we should be busy 24-7 or we can do things 24-7. You go to Europe or different places where, you know, things are closed on Sundays or things are closed after 5 p.m. It's a little easier. Um, but, you know, we stack our lives full of between work and family and commuting and traffic and stores being open 24-7. Things are 24-7. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're busy 24-7. And I think it needs to be an actual conscious effort to say, Okay, I'm. These are the two things that are most important to me. Um, you know, most people it's between two and three things that they can manage successfully at a very top level, and just say, how do I make my life as simple as possible to be the best of best best I can be at that? Um, so the few you know few rules that I like to apply is that you know, you you make your life logistically as easy as possible. And you have to say no to a lot of things. You know, we tend to overcommit. So saying no to a lot of things and then you work out how many how many hours in a day are you spending doing things that really don't contribute towards those two or three things that are your A goal. So is it commuting? Am I in a car two, three hours a day? So, you know, setting up your lifestyle so that everything that you need is fairly easy to get to. Um you know, that that all the little extra things that you might do in a day that you don't even realize that take up the time that aren't directed towards those two main goals. Um, so that's, you know, we don't even, you don't even realize, you know, if you're on 
social media more than maybe you should be, or you're in a car more than you should be, or just budgeting your time and weeding out the stuff that isn't in line with your goals. I think Albert, a good old Albert Boyce always had a good one. He had his, uh, in the back, the trunk of his car, he always had a full array of every piece of training equipment he <laughs> needed. He had his running shoes set up there, he had all his fresh running gear, he had his swim gear, and you know, if, if you don't have the choice of uh, either changing jobs or working from home or whatever, you just try to set it up as, uh, so when you go training, you, are, you don't have to go home, get your running gear on, you basically, you might be commuting home and you pull over somewhere and go for a run from there, so you're, you're maximising any downtime. The other, the other area you were keen to discuss was um, squat, you know, training with a squad and, and creating sort of a, a really good support system there. So what, what experiences have you had in terms of, um, you know, we're talking sort of medium to high end age groupers on some of the, the positive things you've seen out of, you know, being part of a squad and, and maybe some of the things that people need to be aware of that perhaps aren't optimal for their training. Yeah, the squad situation is really interesting. Like I said, you know, the, the training itself ends up being the same recipe and written in different ways over and over again the more years you're in it. And what a squad does is it creates a real team environment. And, uh, you know, because we're in an individual sport, it's easy to really isolate yourself and kind of get stuck in your own head. And maybe you're not, um, you know, you're not bringing out the absolute best in yourself. So when you get into a squad environment, first of all, you know, you've got a team, you've got a bunch of people around you who are like-minded, who are reaching for the same thing. And so then there's a level of expectation right away, um, as well as all those outside distractions and, you know, the complications of, of extra things on the outside life are removed. So now it's a very focused, you know, you're, you're with a group of people who all have the same expectations. They all have the same standard, maybe even someone around you introduces you to a standard that you didn't even think was achievable or you wouldn't have thought yourself. And then, you know, every, all the exterior distractions are removed and it's a very focused period of time where you're able to just, you know, eat, sleep, train, do everything right. Um, someone said to me the other day, if you, you know, you have to expect you, you're an athlete that expects to win or you expect a certain performance out of yourself. So therefore you set an environment that puts you in a position to make those expectations happen. So if you expect to win, then you expect it takes, you know, a very focused um, training mentality. You expect to have good nutrition. You expect to have good sleep, um, all these things. And once you're in a squad and that's in your face every day, it, you just, it becomes the normal. And so your standard of expectations of yourself and your standard of performance just increases right away because of the environment that you're in. You know, there's zero distractions. Um, and the accountability is a really big thing. Even when you're not in a squad environment, if you can create a situation where you have a group of really good training partners, not training partners that are going to beat you down, training partners that bring you up, that, you know, you're very accountable for one another and the expectation is to be there. You know, if you say, we've got these four or five people, we meet to swim, Every time we're always on time, we're always in the water. We always have, you know, a, a, a workout that is on par with our goals and we all stay in the water and work hard at a certain level of expectation every time. And that's creating an environment that's going to bring out the best in each and one, every one of you instead of, you know, 
uh, someone shows up late, someone gets out early, someone's not actually doing the set, you know, those kinds of people you weed out and say, okay, you're not in line with, with our expectations. Get out of um, here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you have to kind of set up your own. So when you put into a squad, you know, that's already set. Maybe you've got 10 to 30 people that that's already set and you know, hey, we're all here for the same, this exact same reason. Um, you know, um, there's a certain amount of when you, when you really set big goals, I guess you could look at it as there should be a, 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 an amount of professionalism. So if you look at all the areas that say, hey, I'm, I want to be really good at this, we're going to address this all together as a team. And then when you know you are a little down or your motivation's a little low or you can't see, you know, the big picture, you've got people around you to kind of keep you up and keep you going. I guess for for me, I'm I'm all over squad um, training, especially around around swimming and uh, well, around all three. But I guess for eight or nine people out of ten, squads going to be work really well for them. Um, but I guess the real danger with with the squad setup is uh, is people nuking themselves pretty much every, every single time, every yeah. single session, and 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 just being a little bit over competitive, um, and also you know dealing with different sort of uh, relationships and friction and so on. So any advice you've got around um around you know just if you if you knew going into squads on on how to deal with uh perhaps a little bit of the competitive nature or controlling things yeah i'm that absolutely is i mean you, you get you know group of that's exactly right that a group of highly motivated people together and you come in and you're super excited to be there it's brand new um everybody you know you're learning you know, we're, we're pack animals by nature. So you look around, you want to follow everyone, then you're competitive and you're pushing too hard. So it's having a deep understanding, you know, good communication with whoever's managing the squad, whether it be a coach or, or something like that. You know, hopefully that person has good instincts and they can say, hey, you really need to back off here or, or not. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have someone regulating that for you, it's having the confidence within yourself to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, help lift the team environment when it's necessary and get the most out of myself when it's necessary. But having the confidence to know, like I said, it's a complete package um, when you're trying to be your best. And we know that a complete package, a part of that is rest. So there's your easy sessions, your hard sessions, and just really outlining for yourself knowing, okay, this is my hard session today. And so I can use the group to work very hard, be highly motivated, look around, see who's better at this than me, follow their lead, this kind of thing. And then having the absolute confidence to say, today's an easy session. This person over here might be going really hard or it's too hard for me. I have the confidence to back off today and say, hey, I really need to go easy today and put yourself, you know, maybe you're going to ride at the back of the bunch and just spin or the back of the lane or move down a lane or something like that. And if everyone's getting into you, you say, oh, no, today's my easy day. And part of being professional is knowing, hey, I'm professional and confident enough to know today's my easy day and I don't need to push today. Um, so sometimes writing that stuff out and, you know, having your actual goals and plans set in front of you on a piece of paper or taped to your fridge or whatever so that when you're in the environment, you don't just let, you know, irrational over-motivation sort of take over that isn't in line with your goals. Everything you do should always be in line with your goals and, and you know, not an emotional decision, but a well-calculated decision. Um, and that's part of it when you're in a squad, you know, and, and hopefully if you've got someone, like I say, monitoring the squad well, then that, maybe that's taken out of your hands and someone decides that for you. 
Um, but if not, then it's good to write it out and have it in front of you, keep you on, keep you on track with your tasks. You mentioned routine is such an important part of, you know, you know, keeping it repeatable and sustainable. What are some tips that you have for maybe the newer athlete coming into the sport to help them actually find that routine? Yeah, I mean, routine. So being really, really good at anything, you know, there's the articles on the, the 10,000 rule, yep. uh, 10,000 hours. You know, someone said to you when you first started, it's going to take you 10 years before when you start to get good to be to be your very best. And most people are pretty, you know, they're like, wow, that's a long time. That's pretty daunting. And it is. It's it's daunting and it's boring. There's an element of boredom. It's repetitive. Everyone's looking for it to be exciting all the time. And my friends and I would joke about how, you know, in a year there's maybe five memorable sessions and the rest is all just one big blur. Um, and so routine is part of that. And when you first start out, it's as simple as, you know, write out your schedule. You, on Mondays, you know, you wake up at the same time every day, as close as possible. You go to bed at the same time every day, as close as possible. You look at all the, you know, elite um, Ethiopian, Kenyan runners, that kind of thing. There's all kinds of literature on them following the, you know, rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. They always go to, you know, so it's just setting a bedtime, setting a, um, a wake-up time. You know, you try and follow each week the same routine as much as possible, your nutrition intake, you know, I had a, I had a nutrition consult once with a really elite Olympic athlete and it was amazing to me that they pretty much suggested and, and what they did was that they followed the exact same, they had a list of foods that they ate and that was it, that's what they ate and they didn't deviate, it wasn't exciting and it didn't deviate very far away and so it's, I think, first of all, coming to terms with the fact that there's going to be repetitiveness and boredom, and and then and that's okay, that's part of it, and then just, you know, setting some very sure guidelines for yourself. So you're saying, I wake up, I go to bed at this time, every Monday I swim at this time, every Tuesday I bike at this time, um, you know, and of course there's going to be things that happen in life that that fluctuates, but you have your stock standard, this is... This is going to become my habit over a long period of time. Um, you know, it takes you build once you build habit. You know, then it's repetitive, and, the, and and then it stacks on top of one another that it becomes successful. I totally agree that um, a lot of people, when they are new to the sport, they are looking for that. Every session's got to be exciting, and sometimes from a coaching perspective, you just got to tell them, look. It's consistency that is going to get you in the long term. Um, or every session they have to be faster. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, always, always trying to do do PBs and not not understanding that there is going to be some some plateaus and there's going to be times when you you improve quicker um, than than other times. But how how do you sort of battle from it from a coaching perspective on? On keeping it interesting, because I'd imagine you're not proposing that people do the same um, training schedule for you know 52 weeks of the year. So, do you tend, you know, I mean, do you just tailor your periodization per different athlete, or are they, you know, during their main build-up, it is pretty much the same week in, week out, or, or how you, how do you, how do you keep it interesting for the for the typical age grouper? Yeah, I think, I mean, that is a big thing is that people are looking for it to be interesting. So, you. You know, you develop as a coach, you're, you're after a result from them or you're looking to get something out of them, teach them something. And so you might be 
slightly changing the session or the environment of the session constantly, but the result of what you get out of them is the same. And I think that's the job of a coach. So if you're looking to build strength and it's like any good teacher, if someone doesn't get something, when you say it one way, you need to have 10 different ways to say the same thing until something clicks with that person. So as a coach, you know, if I'm looking to build strength out of someone because I can see that their weakness in their, you know, in their profile is strength, then, you know, if I just tell them to do the same thing every single week for the next 12 weeks, they're probably going to get a little bit bored with that and maybe start to miss sessions. Miss, miss sessions means they're not progressing anymore. So I feel like as a coach, that's your job then to say, okay, this is what I'm looking to get out of the person. How, how is it going to keep, how am I going to keep them on task? And that might mean changing it slightly here and there. It might be creating a different environment, getting the same result. Um, so yeah, that whole, the whole idea, whole approach of teaching, saying the same thing 10 different ways to get the end result that you want. Um, Awesome. Mm. Well, it's always good to have you on. Anything else you want to add about sort of routine or any um, things that you've noticed in the past, you know, frequently asked questions or, or um, FAQs, John. FAQs, there you go. Common things <laughs> that you see people struggling yeah, I just with. Think I, I probably, you know, one real key secret for all the amateurs out there, I mean, professionals sort of everyone in their life or they have their life already set up to say, hey, you know, I'm going to give this a crack as a professional. And so automatically that sets everyone on board. But as an amateur, you know, when you have really big goals and you have a really busy life, I think it's pretty common that you'll see maybe ever, you know, some people internalize it or they think that they've told everyone around them. And so, you know, when, you, when you're trying to create that environment and you're trying to create that team around you, communication is really important. And that means as much as, you know, you write it all, maybe you write it all out and you post it on the fridge at home for your family to see. You go over it with your your spouse. You go to your colleagues at work and say, hey, this is a big piece of my life. It's really important to me. These are the goals and these are the time commitments it's going to take. And so if I'm, you know, a little bit, I seem a little bit, you know, late here or there, or distracted here or there, maybe they know or maybe they, it's just a, you know, it's getting everyone in your life on board with what your goals are so you know that's I find amateurs sometimes will set out all these big goals and then they keep it to themselves and just hope that the rest of their life will come along and figure it out with them but I think if you can really really lay it all out there and get everyone on board not only will you have a little bit more space to do that but you'll have their support and you'll have them say you know hey at lunch hour, weren't you supposed to go for a run today? And thought, oh, I was too tired. I was hoping to get away with not going. But now you've got your colleagues saying to you, hey, I thought you were running at lunch today. And there's that sense of expectation and support from everyone. So, you know, that's been something that all of my athletes have incorporated. And, and it's almost fun to bring everyone on, on board with you. I put my printout on my fridge to start training last week. The printout went on the, the fridge. The print's on the fridge, is it? Wow. Blinda, <laughs> just got serious. Belinda knows when I'm not going to be there. There's, not, there's yeah. not a huge amount in there. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you, Marilyn, about coaching or any camps you're putting on or anything, where can they find you? On Endurance Corner, where I'm part of the team, so always head on there. Um, all my contact information's on the coaching page there. Cool. Awesome. It's always good to have you on, and I'm sure we'll have you back on soon. You're fit and healthy yourself? I'm doing very well, yeah. I'm in Tucson for the summer again, so it's easy to be fit here. Same thing, you tra travel to places or set up environments where it's easy, and uh, I've got that dialed in, so it's great. 
Awesome. Well, good to have you back on and thanks for your time. Awesome, Great, Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Sweet. Thoughts? Cool. Routine. Got cool. to have it. Good. Yeah, as I said in the just as I said when we're closing up, printed out my schedule. It's up on the fridge. London knows what I'm doing. Did, did you? It's did you basically print, the did same you, same thing every week? Do you put like little smiley faces after every session? No. Why not? No, we've got a. I've got a schedule up there. This is when I'm going to be at the off at my other office. Oh, you're training. Like this is when Belinda's working, and we, I'm going to print that out every week. What about love time? Um, you look, you well, I'm going to try the coffee track, so I should be fine. Uh-huh. So don't, need to <laughs> schedule, don't need to schedule that. I'll put that in a little. Here's some decaf, honey. On a separate file on my PC, just or, or reminders popping up. Decaf tonight. <laughs> decaf tonight. But spike it. Um, but if you want to check out uh, Endurance Corner, they've got thousands of articles on there. Thousands. Um, and good stuff literally too. thousands. Yeah. And they've got always got guys. Uh, you've got Mimi on there. You've got Alan Cousins. You've got uh, Justin Deere. You've got Marilyn Gore. I always love always, catching up with Mimi. Yeah, writing on um, writing on on really interesting topics. Plus, they do have a huge library of information. Plus, they've got the camps. Um, coming up so check out endurancecorner.com okay Jombo sponsor where are we up to Bevan where are we up well, to we're SLS try this weekend I'm in Arizona it's the last uh, are they doing sure it? it's are, the they, are they there are they they are going to be there so go check out the guys SLS at I'm in Arizona just go and say hi say you love supporting it and um, that's good for us to n- for, and for them to know that people actually listen and recognise them um, one little thing that uh I did with some compression socks with somebody fairly recently is they were getting um, feet pain, uh, foot pain on, on the bike and firstly tell them, and then they were getting a bit of... Um, did they have proper shoes? Yeah, and they, but then they were getting a bit of calf calf, calf issues as well, uh, ca- coming, coming straight off the bike. Um, Weak glutes? Uh, well, the simple solution, I just got to loosen off her, her shoes a little bit and, to, and, and then wear compression socks on the bike when she was racing, no problems. Oh, really? Yeah, simple. Simple solution. Simple, so, not even a week. Basically, if you're getting, um, if you if you have been coming having calf issues, um, calf cramping, really encourage you to try the compression socks. And the guys at SLS Try have got them there. And what's best about it um, over everything else is you get a nice discount. Use the code IAMTALK. Um, but you can't go wrong with compression socks if you've got calf issues, if you've got shin issues. Um, sure, there might be other things, as you said, Bevan's talking about the glutes there that you need to do. But certainly, it's compression is uh, is one way that you can. Really really help yourself um, to reduce your, your calf soreness. You know what, and it's cool gear as well. Cool gear, you're you know, good. Especially the girls, the blue ones with the nice little Maybe you could be like that guy it. from Australia or that guy in that race, in the, in race. the Formula One. You could what? wear a girl's outfit when you do... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it look funny with... The, on. I suppose it that's like just like wearing Speedos. Yeah. John Hellman's took the cake, though. Like, there's one before where it was um, Benjamin Sanson. But he was wearing black. Yeah, it was black. And it was bad, but it wasn't really bad. One time, the Hellman's literally wore a pair of um, pretty much women's tops. Why? Because uh, he just wanted to have a, it's a I don't know, I, I can't remember, but it, it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but wouldn't things fall out? <laughs> Did I? Because women's tops aren't designed for the bit that the boys have. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But anyway... Uh, SLSTry.com use the code IAMTALK get yourself some gear you Kiwis and Aussies and Southern Hemisphere athletes racing's coming up so now's the time you want to be getting on it for you Northern Hemisphere athletes or you guys be going to run focus so another good chance to get some socks and compression gear Jombo a while ago I set some goals I've had a year of just bloody injuries man every mm. year every like this year I've just gone from one injury to the next and then, like, no real major injuries but just little things on top mm-hmm. of each other and it's been a bit of a frustrating year for me and, and I just kind of thought well I'm going to set a goal around physical around spending time getting my body right 
Are you laughing? Or are you no, yawning? I'm yawning. You look like he's laughing. At me. <laughs> I was like, we still love. So I, I decided, well, this year this is going to be the year. So uh, this next up until February, I'm, do, I'm doing weights. And one of the things I decided to do was to do yoga. And so I've set my goal of doing yoga six out of seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the things when it comes to doing yoga is I exercise a lot. Even nowadays when I'm do, not doing Ironman, I'm still doing you know around twelve hours of exercise a week, just as in mm. my job and the things I do. Plus commuting. Yeah, well, not so much nowadays. Oh, really? Yeah, once you get a car in your life. Oh, you got a car full-time Well, now? no, but Joe works part-time, right. so I have a car around a lot more. Uh, you lazy schmuck. Yeah, how often do you use bike for commuting? Very regularly. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> well I am a lazy schmuck then. But um, I, I wanted to do yoga, but it's, it's, I don't want to go somewhere to do it. Mm. It just, it's just... It's the threads in nicely to add. This is well, quite a nice thread, well, but well, Marilyn, that's what I'm doing. I'm Marilyn's it in. topic... And oh. the yoga topic, because Marilyn's sort of saying, you know, you spend a lot of time commuting. If you had to go over to, to Rickett or something to do yoga. Well, I did. I went over to the hot yoga and, and I really stuff. enjoyed the workout, but it was, it took me two and a half hours of my time. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I want to be able to, I, I want to be able to do it from home. And and so, you know, you're always trying to find websites and there's some good there's ones that are okay and some ones that are a bit average and, or they don't have many different videos and stuff. And we've got in line with a company called Yoga Sync. And mm-hmm. uh, John, you want to talk about it? So yogasync.tv is a website, but do go through our website, imtalk.me, um, uh, and then we've got the promo codes on there that we'll mention later on. But uh, go through there, and we've got a special trial that you can use to, to check it out. But it's um, it's all good stuff. I'm, I'm the same. I've, I'm really desperate to be getting back into my yoga routine, and uh, and I've used I've got a couple Especially of Especially as an aging athlete, I think. Yeah, not, you know, not, not uh, that I'm aging. but Well, we are 35, 36. Um, but uh, I've got a uh, – I, I was using um, an, an online – podcast video podcast and it was okay and I've got a couple of DVDs and they're okay but they weren't quite hitting the hitting the mark and I, and I honestly tried this this um, yoga sync out and um, the first workout I did was like there wasn't any crap moves in there that I, got, I came out and I thought geez all those um, postures were what I wanted and you can just manipulate it around and you'll hear about that in a moment so I've um, I've been getting into it quite regularly and I've had uh, I've trialed it with a number of my athletes that I coach and they've given really good feedback as well um, so yeah, listen up. This is how it all works. We're going to talk to Al from Yoga Sync about how it works. Okay, so here's Al from Yoga Sync. Okay, I'm very happy to have on the show today uh, Al from YogaSync.tv, and the reason this has come about is uh, I've been looking for a, a yoga source for a little while, and these guys just happened to email me, and um, I sort of the worlds the worlds collide, align, John. Exactly, yeah. and I thought I need to do a bit more, get back into my yoga. I was getting a bit sick of the other um, program I, I was using in the past, and Bevan email, said to me the other day, oh, "I want to try some out, some d- different stuff." Flicked it through, and we thought this is all pretty good and it's a bit different and um, what I like about this slightly different way of doing yoga is you can manipulate it yourself to do exactly what you want so the site's called yogasync.tv we'll have a link on our website and we've got a little promo code for you guys later on but um, Al's here to tell us all about it so welcome to the show Al. Thanks guys uh, yep it is a, is a little different yeah. so what what would you like me to start with there? Yeah, just tell us a bit about how, how it works because, um, yeah, obviously people know it's a website and it's going to be about yoga, but but, t- but tell us how it's a, um, how you can sort of make up your own yoga routine and, and, and yeah, how it works. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with the, the simple end. As I find that explaining it to people where there's a bit confusing, at the, uh, at the bottom end, you can just come in, search for a yoga session that suits your needs for the day, click play, and then you're going. Uh, so if you don't have any technological expertise or anything, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. 
and as you uh, as you progress, there's uh, we've built a t- tool set because you know not everybody has got the same requirements. Everyone might be coming to yoga for a different reason, have different time constraints, different ab- ability levels. So we've built a tool set that allows people to a find their favorite routine and and basically modify it to their specific requirements and you can there's a little claim tool and there's hundreds and hundreds of different videos that you can use to put together a routine to your specific uh, requirement you could also build something from scratch Hmm. What you kind of do basically to give it maybe an easier description is that you have each movement that you could do within yoga. Well, it seems like hundreds of different movements, and then you basically lock them together, and then somehow behind the scenes, you guys then create a video of those movements, don't you? Yeah, well, we do. It's it's actually created on the fly, so within a second of you making it, it's available. Yep. So you can also actually make the movements because not everyone has the same uh, ability level and movements as well. So mm. you might want to stay in, say, the warrior, which is a popular yoga pose, for example, for 15 seconds if you're starting. And when you get a little bit more into it, you might want to be in it for two minutes. So you can modify the duration of the movements as well, as well as the repetitions. Mm. Oh, because I was, I was doing, a, doing a, one of the sessions uh, the other night and the dog pose did, that, that was on there was, was a little bit longer than I normally do. I was going, God, this <laughs> It's getting a little bit long, but you can't. You know, you can go back and you can manipulate that for, for next time. So obviously, if we, you know, when I went on there, I found it um, pretty straightforward. Once I got my head around it, to to, to make routines, and I know the the, the the postures that I really enjoy. But for for people who haven't done yoga before, um, that you've got some beginner, um, some some pre-made beginner routines, correct? Uh, yeah, there's there's a huge range of beginner stuff already on there, just ready to to click and play and they're, they're good places to start if you're building your own routines with the, the claim sync tool so you can just open and just slowly progress it's like you don't go out for a 100k k uh, run on your first day you, you've got to work up to that over years and yoga works on the same principles mm. so um, for, for those guys that do have a bit more experience um, what what do you recommend? You know, in terms of that, say they've done yoga for I don't know a long period, a, of time. a little period, a d- decent period of time, and they know the routines that they, they like. For them, if the, the first time they come to the site, what do you sort of generally recommend as the best way to go about it? Is it to create their own routines from scratch, or do you tend to say find a routine and then manipulate it using the the sync tools? Yeah, well, I, I'd say yeah, come in and find something that you like sort of get a bit of a feel for the teaching and the, the structure of the course and of of one of the routines and then cl- click the claim tool because you've already got a basic structure built and then if you if you've done that well, and you, and then you feel up to actually making something that's specifically what you want from scratch we'll then give it a go then mm. so um when it comes to to making the clips you can sort of search by different Parts of the body, uh, if you want to focus on hamstrings, hip flexors, um, standing poses, etc. Can you just explain how you go about dividing things up and, and how things are categorised? Yeah, well, we've we've put tried to put as much thought into this as possible with usability. So we've got quite a, a few different filters. We can filter by the level, beginner, moderate, intermediate, and advanced. 
And then we do give all of the body parts. Like if you want some strength moves, you might want some arm balance. Or if you've got tight hamstrings, there's, you know, you can filter by hamstrings or hip, hips. And then you can refine it further by those particular uh, parameters as well. So not, not every move is in one particular category. So it's, you know, we've tried to pick the main categories that you can sort by, but yeah, we've given three options in that respect. You know, one thing I like about it is, is uh, kind of an athlete nowadays. I'm not as much as what I was in the past, but you know, is that a you can do it from from home, which is really convenient. But b you can, you can set it up to the needs of your life. And uh, you know, for me, I've been doing yoga now. I've been I've got set this goal of trying to do yoga every day for three months, and I've been kind of at it for a month. And you guys came along in the last couple of weeks, and it's been really good for me. And I like that. You know, some days I have 40 minutes to do yoga, and some days I only have 20. And you can kind of just say, okay, I've got 20 minutes where do I want to spend most of my time today? And you can just set up a workout around that. It's, it's really good for doing that, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. And a lot of the moves, what, what we've done is the structure of the move is we've given the English name, the Sanskrit name, and a, a bit of information at the start before someone actually gets into the move so they can visualize. But once you've done it, you know, four, five, ten times, you're going to know all that stuff. So you can actually remake that movement without those bits in at the start. So, yeah. So you can pack, you know, as much as you can into that twenty minutes that you've got, mm. the, the full full activity for the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's that manipulation I like as well because um, I tend to like to do postures two or three times. Whereas, you know, if you've got a, a you know a yoga DVD or something, and there's, there's heaps of good ones out there and um, different podcasts and stuff that, that do it, you you basically you have to follow exactly what the instructor says unless you want to hit pause all the time and go through it again. So, so I like that facet of it as well. well you know, when it comes to, um, you know, for someone who is newer to yoga, you know, and who may not know how to set up the sync workouts. I know you've got your predetermined workouts there that they can use. What would be some advice as they start to transition into setting up their own syncs? Well, firstly, I'd, I'd probably, if you were at an absolute beginner's level, I'd probably work with the some of the pre-existing routines for for a, a period of time. You know, two to three months at least, just to sort of get an idea of where you're at. But it's when when you put one of these pre-existing routines on yoga, you're gonna you're gonna get found out somewhere where you've got a sort of imbalance or a weakness, and you'll be doing a class and you'll you'll realise that, and so you might want to just take a little bit of a note of that, and then say, right, well, I need to work on that area a little bit more, and use the sort tool to perhaps bring in some movements that are are gonna address those areas of the body. Yep. Nice. Um, and one thing that, um, that we like is, is the prices uh, seem really reasonable for, for, for what you get. You know, when you consider I don't know, in New Zealand, you know, if you want to go to a yoga class these days, you're generally looking at about 15 bucks per Yeah, I did hot yoga a couple of weeks ago and it was $18. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so tell us about, you've got two packages. Can you just explain how the two different packages work and how they differentiate from one and the other? Yeah, rightio. Yeah, we've tried to make it as affordable as possible. And there's, we have two packages. We have the gold plan, which is a standard plan where you come in and click and play. And so you don't get any of the, uh, the tool sets that we've developed. With the gold plan, you could follow someone like John. You might get right into creating syncs and I can click follow. And then all of those particular uh, routine syncs, as we call them, we can do the ones that you've created. 
And with the platinum plan, that gives you the tool sets that allows you to modify other people's sinks and just create them from scratch, basically. And mm. so the the gold plan was, yeah, we've priced it really economically. It's it's nine ninety five US plus GST for New Zealanders, and the platinum was seventeen ninety five US plus GST for Kiwis. Damn that New Zealand GST. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, the only, it's the only uh, place in the world where we have to charge it. It's a, it's a bit of an anom- anomaly, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's yeah. So I think, in, in summary, if you want to just follow, you don't want to make your own routines. You go the gold plan, and if you want to manipulate and um, and make your own, you, you go for the platinum. Um, and what, what are some? Uh, what I like on the site, you've got a, a really nice introductory video, so that sort of explains in pictures and words what we've already been discussing. Um, but what are some of the, the common the, the FAQs that you get? FAQs. Yes, yeah, so some of the oh, fre- frequently asked questions. Oh, well, on a, on a video sort of side, it's like how how do we uh, how do we play a video, or you know what what should I start with if I'm a beginner. They are really a couple of the main ones. It's uh, it's it's all pretty self-explanatory in there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a big learning curve, is it? Like I yeah, know the first time I went in, I was like, "Oh, what do you do?" And then within ten minutes, I had it. Yeah, we've given like there's a big frequently asked questions uh, section on there, which covers most things. And on the uh, on the select membership page, there's a, a detailed uh, chart with the, it's got a little information mark on it. And if you put your cursor over that, it gives you a, a real rundown of what what is available. Mm. Um, uh, one, one, one frequently asked question I might address is why can't we download the sinks mm. yep. and that's because the, the sinks don't actually exist as a single file so you, you might be watching a yoga class and there's you know 70 different clips that are streamlessly coming through to give you the experience of one video yep. and so to download that we have to actually process, process that in the, uh, or in, the, in the Amazon cloud which we're delivering off Yep. So there's a, there's a bit of a, a cost involved with that. So we don't don't really just have the downloads freely available for that reason. Fair enough. Cool. Okay. Um, so we're going to have a couple of uh, promo codes we'll put up on our website. It's going to be IMTalkG and IMTalkP. So the G is for if you want to trial the gold plan and the P is if you want to trial the platinum plan. And it's a, a dollar and you basically get US one dollar and you get to trial that, um, that plan for one month and then you go on to um, whichever plan you've sort of chosen. What are the, the sort of terms and conditions behind that, Alan? Like if um, somebody signs up and they, they go through their, their month and they want to carry on, they just automatically go on to it and is there a minimum period or if they, they, they do it for a month and it's not their cup of tea, what, what are sort of the terms and conditions around that? Well, basically there's, there's zero obligation. If you come in and you, you find that you don't like it, well, there's, you just, and there's a little link in your membership area and you just click that and cancel your membership. There's no minimum requirements, so you just stay on as you as you need it. Cool. So basically, for a dollar, you guys get to trial this for for a month and uh, and see what you think. So we'll have a logo on our website. We'll also put those promo codes up on IamTalk.me. So if you want to check it out, um, yeah. go via there. I do highly recommend it because I know for us Ironman athletes, um, it's you know the, the looking after your body is the thing we don't do the best. Is you know we're good at training our bodies, mm-hmm. and uh, and 
one of the problems of looking after your body is we are time restricted because we're so time poor because we train so much. And, you know, if you can do home-based training around looking after your body, it's really great. And something for Yoga Sync, you can really base it on today's needs. So today I have 15 minutes. You know what? My hemis are killing me. I can get a good 15-minute session and that's really going to focus on my hemis. But then on a Sunday, you might get a good hour where you can get to a good hour session. And uh, it's just a really good fit for our world, I think. And one thing I encourage people to do is try to get your partner involved as well. Yeah. Th- that's what I do with Belinda. We both do, you know. A bit half, of bonding time. A bit of bonding time, but a half hour of yoga. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Just get the kids off to bed and we're all good. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Spend uh, it productively, eh? Exactly. exactly. Awesome. Just one one thing I might add, guys, just on the when you come into that membership select, uh, there's a 10-day trial, and you guys have twisted my arm for this 30-day trial, so just – Make sure that you don't select that 10-day trial. You'll have to yes. go for the gold plan or the platinum plan okay. to the left for those coupons to work. Okay, awesome. so you actually, you actually go through the plans, you put in the code, and that's when you get discount. Ah, uh, yep, that's when it'll you that special code that I've given you guys will allow the the thirty day access. Great, cool. but it was, it was an arm worth twisting. We've, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so make sure guys, make sure you go via imtalk.me and we'll have that going directly to the right page. So um, awesome, Alan. We're, we're hoping to get um, you or somebody part of your team on to talk about you know yoga in general um, over the, the coming months. So thanks very much for your time. That'd be great. Nice to talk to you guys. Awesome, mate. Thanks, man. Okay. Good time. So, yep, get on it. So, what are the codes again, John? Uh, I am talk G if you want to try the, the gold version, or I am talk P if you want to try the Now, platinum. you do have to go in and you kind of technically have to sign up, and then you get the dollar and you get the month. Mm. And you will have to, if, you, if it's not your buzz, you do have to go and stop that. But um, you, I'm really enjoying it. And yeah. so is John. So, check it out. And, you know. uh, any of our promo codes, if you ever forget them, go into imtalk.me and uh, you got a I promo. Have, I have page. got them listed all on there. Let's it just have work. a look. Let's have a look where that John's is. John's good like that. He just does stuff. I am talk. We were going to have a history lesson today. Were we? Yeah. Well, we're not now. What was it going to be on? Um, it was. A t- I think I rolled it over to next week. What was it going to be? What's it going to be on next week? Somebody came up with it. It was uh, to do with. Um, the rapster mentioned something about the the grand the, the previous grand slam or the triple crown or something like that. Yeah. Somebody referenced some article on that. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you go into imtalk.me, look under our sponsors, and then there's a drop down there promo codes, and we've got the ones for Yoga Sync, Coffees of Hawaii, Extreme Endurance, SLS, and Training Peaks all up there. So check that out. And uh, we can also get the um, striding on as well. Yes, yeah. we've got that on there as well. I'm going to start. I'm going to try to start making up some of my own things. Maybe you could do that as well, Bevan. Um, I did actually. I've done a couple. And then we can make up a couple of I am talk ones, and then uh, people can sort of follow them. My hips. Oh, my hips are tight. Hamstrings for me. Hamstrings and hip flexors. Yeah. Oh no, my my. Oh, pathetic. <laughs> working at it. Working at it. Okay then. Um, questions and answers. Okay, John. So we've got one here from Mark. What is it? The missile? Missile Scudamore. Yep, he's got Bevan. Wanted to know what the Xterra World Champs price pose was. I oh, oh, that's what I wanted to know. Well, here it is. The men got twenty thousand dollars for the win. That's pretty decent. Yeah, the woman. Um, and, well, both female and men. They paid so twenty thousand then twelve for second, seven for th- uh, third, four for four, two point five for fifth, fifteen hundred for six. 11, oh no, 1100 for 7th, 800 for 8th, and 900, or 600 for 9th, 10th got 500. Pretty so solid. In addition to the, there's 2,500 for the best double time for male and female. Double time being combined Kona and world champs. And you used to get guys like Peter Reid and stuff. Um, oh, well, so it's a way to get them turning that. up. Yeah, I think it was just, X-Zero was always a couple, a week, usually a week after Kona. So does Mark work for the, these guys? 
I'm trying to figure that no out because he's got there's a total of 105,000 US prize money not too shabby we had 650 competitors at the Worlds I know you guys don't talk a lot about Xterra but the World Championships this year and I'm here to tell you that there are some awesome athletes the Xterra series is a worldwide consisting a series consisting of over 100 races hmm. that's, that's more than Ironman isn't it? well if you factor in w, uh, Ironman 70.3 yeah. plus 51.50s he's that. wondering if we should have an Xterra update no, but um, but, but nice try, <laughs> nice try. I mean, uh, for sure, if you have any, uh, you know, we could do a show, John. Always bring up the the love of uh, exterior you, talk. Yep, you can host that. Yep, with yourself, <laughs> <laughs> me and all my friends. No, exterior is great. There is. Um, have you ever done exterior? No, I can't man bike to save myself. Um, Neither. Exterior is a bit like duathlon. It's bloody good and it's really hard, and you get some fantastic athletes. But is it going to take off? Oh, I think it's got a lot more chance of taking off than um, than duathlon. But uh, they just need to. So if you're a duathlete, just give up. <laughs> if you want to make if you want to make a living out of it, yeah. Is there duathlon nowadays? Sorry, is there duathlon? Yeah, there's a few duathlons. A bit of a European scene, but still tough way to make a living. Very very. Mark Bailey was pretty good duathlete, wasn't he? He was very good. But it's fast. Um, unfortunately. But yeah, if you got somebody like Discovery Channel or something, and came up with some funky. Ex- I mean, there's lots of funky exterior oh, courses. Oh, I Wow. Mountain bikers aren't generally swimmers, but are they? Mm. You might get a mountain. You might get an off-road guy who's a bit of a bike runner, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the swimming. Mm. So you know, it's good seeing exterior. And um, this year, you had old uh, Gomez take it out. He did too. Mm. He would have mm. twenty grand. Mm. He would have made a lot of money this season. A lot of money. How much? I don't know. Four hundred, five hundred thousand. I would have thought. Wow. See, that's worth doing drugs just, for. Just guessing. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that um, I would. Tim Heming just sent through an email. Just said, um, the guy who won the 404 last week, Andrew, and you know, the world record. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he might be on the show next week. Oh, really? Yeah. Good stuff. He's doing, he's, uh, the problem is, he's doing, um, I was trying to arrange a time. Um, he's doing Ironman Arizona. And I said, how does this time work for you? And he said, well, that's when the prize giving is on for Arizona. So I've sent a reply and we're trying to sort it out for next week. Oh, good times. What's the last name? Starkowitz. Starkowitz. Well, he, he just, Tim thought it'd be good. To, Tim Heming thought it'd be good to re, you know hit the record this year, world record for the Ironman bike four hundred four smoking. Mm-hmm. And he's just got uh, this is what um, Andrew said. He said both after Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. He said both of us sustained injuries that have changed our lives. I would never wish this on my worst enemy. From what the doctor says, it will be it's, um, extremely unlikely for me to race this year. My goal is to do what I can, not focus on what I can't do and focus on what I can do each day and get healthier and hopefully I'll be able to weather the storm and return stronger in 2013. So he's done all right. Yeah, he's done all right. He's done all right. I'd be interested to see how he goes in uh, Arizona this weekend, especially if he has to come up against Rapster, who's, who's also a very strong cyclist. Um, What's Andrew's swim like? Uh, very good. He'll have a big lead. He's a he's, yeah, front, front pack guy, so he'll have a big lead on uh, Rapster out of the swim. Good times. Yes. Okay. Sponsor. Any other questions? No, that was it for this week. You had a thought, but I could tell because he looked off into the distance and his eyes kind of squinted. Yeah, no, I'm just working on something. Um, How do I find out the names for the finishes? One step ahead of you, Bevan. Yeah, well, tell, let's go, talk about go, stream insurance. Go first. Squarespace anyway to do that. Okay, I'll have it's a look. under file storage. Okay. And then under capture data. I'll, I'll have a look. Okay. Um, Bevan started training last week. Yes, I know. You know what? What? I saw you training. Did you? Yeah, and I waved and you ignored me again. Did I? <laughs> yep. Why were you training with a backpack on? 
Uh, oh, that might have been just on Thursday. I had to do a bit of commuting, so it was a, that was a bit of a nothing day. But I still logged the time. Still logged it. Take the box for the time. I think you should have a smiley face system. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't do last week, I had all my training. I was really pleased. Felt good about it. He's got his Ironman jersey on again, guys. This is going to be standard every week. This is, this, is my, this is my under my cycling gear. This is lucky the undies, basically. Yeah. Uh, is... I didn't take my extreme endurance and I paid for it. Really? I seriously paid for it. I really should have done it. Uh, why not? You, you Amateur error. It, it wasn't amateur error and I've got no good reason why I didn't take it. Would I, I just, go capture I data? Capture data, yeah. Um, file storage and then capture data. Oh, file storage. Okay, yep. Anyway, I didn't take my extreme endurance and I should have and I I should practice what I preach. I should spank my own bottom because... Well, i you would be the only person doing it. My legs were getting pretty sore last week even though I was just doing... You know, just because it was first week back into regular routine... And I struggled. So, guys, if you want to get your, get uh, avoid the mistakes that I make, uh, get on the extreme endurance from day one, and you won't have anywhere near sore legs. Interestingly enough, I've had a few people email me this week, um, local people, saying they got back into racing and said, "Oh, my legs are so sore." And a couple of people, good old Zania, she was recommending to somebody, "Have you tried the extreme endurance?" Yeah. Um, so, if you are finding that when you do racing or you're doing your hard workouts, you really are suffering, um, give it a go. You, you know, one bottle's only kind of cost you about thirty-five bucks or something like that. And uh, and you're away laughing, John. Yes. The question is, mm. have you started taking it? Yes, Good. started taking it on Sunday. So we'll have some amazing effects. So I'm going to carve it up today on the bike ride. Nice. Are you? Yeah. You're going to rip it to pieces. Rip it to pieces. Nice. So get your extreme endurance. Go to xendurance.com. Okay, so I've pulled up the list. Good. And. Uh, who we've got here. So we're going to our Ironman finishes. We can say Ironman now. Ironman finishes from last week. Now I'm just trying to figure out where we start, John. Do we start uh, from just, We just Mark? got those two extras. No, we had Mark last week. Just got those two extras there. Billy Sawyer and his boho. Billy Ho. Oh, you sorry. can't give yourself a name. I'm sure we didn't give you that name, Billy, but you can't give yourself. This is your Iron Man, I Am Talk nickname if you go on. Maybe we did give him that name. Oh, I'm not know. sure. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we didn't. Yeah. Hopefully we did. Yeah. He did a, a 14.53. Nice. Was it a PR? No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter, John. And you did Iron Man Louisville? Nice. And, and then we had, you can say that one. Uh, Ernesto Villarroel. Oh, wait a second, John. Let's get the computer doing it. Wait a second. Okay. Wait a second. Ernesto Villarroel. Villarroel. I'm in Florida to 10. 47.53 And you know PR. what John PB Nice Love your work so Come on people There must be more than one per, Two people that did Florida <laughs> Let's get on this program I, I put a little Facebook post out there And we haven't quite had the response so I No I really. think it's a building thing building It'll, it'll come but if, so if you're doing Arizona this weekend, go onto our website, www.iamtalk.me, and just go to um, tell us your finish, and next week your name will be on the show. And so we're just looking for recent races, so Louisville falls under the recent category, but ideally... Well, I think because it's new as well. Yeah, we want people, basically, you race that weekend, boom, try to get it up there straight away, and then we... Can, can I put Ironman, I'm a Challenge Road 2008? Uh, as long as I can put Ironman South Africa 2001. <laughs> no, 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 not going to go there. No, not happening. Okay, John, sponsors coffeeswhy.com. Love it. Oh, decaf. Decaf. That's the, the mum's the word. Athlinks.com. Um, rivals and extreme endurance. John, sort it out. Sort it out. Sort it out. Um, sort it I'm, out. I've got my bottle just sitting there. I have to put it up above the kitchen sink so I can see it. So you I need it next to a daily routine. That's where it is. Because of my fish oils. Mm-hmm. You know, I do my fish oils because they're very mm-hmm. good for you. And I've started taking a multivitamin as well. Mm-hmm. 
Although I eat pretty healthy, but um, mm-hmm. your peak, it's pretty, it's almost fluorescent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do multivites? No, we, we are on a fully healthy diet. I'm gonna, and as part of Project 2014, from time to time, I will capture maybe a, a week's worth of my diet because I want to assess, you know, if I'm, how it's oh, no, I, I eat extremely healthy as well. Like I, I've, I eat so well nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I probably need the best now in any time of my life. If we've got a juicer now, cranking out some juices for the kids. Oh, do you stuff. like that, It's a, a lot, lot of cleaning of nutrients, up. A lot of cleaning up. But it's good stuff. Yeah. A bit of celery in there, a bit of carrot. How do you get it so it can taste good? Because they can taste yeah, the crap, yeah, can't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. you've got to put a bit of fruit in there, but a few pears, a bit of apple. Oh, I do love a pear. Mm. Do you like a, a soft pear or a hard pear? Uh, so I prefer soft pears. Mm. So I don't want a hard pear as well. <laughs> crap. <laughs> I like <laughs> soft pear. <laughs> Next week's discussion. Um, do you like them soft or hard? <laughs> Uh, what's your cost, John? Um, You're making your comeback. Making my comeback. You're looking a bit more focused this week. Feeling really good about it. Did 10 and a half hours training last week. <sighs> so okay. it's uh, it's heading in the right direction. Hit everything um, perfectly. They opened up a new ro- one of our roads that's been closed for ages. Oh, is that the one down to Taurus? No, Evans Pass. Um, oh, are they? Only, only to the top. So I managed to ride out to Godly Head. Um, so what do you go? Head. Up Evans, turn right, do you? I went up Mount Pleasant, out to Evans Pass. You guys don't know where the hell, hell oh, I'm sure they're loving this. It's just a really good, you go know, right out to the end, beautiful views out the end there. So that was good. I had to chase sheep off the road and stuff. Oh, um, really? That's a Kiwi thing. Seriously, in the middle of town, you have to do that in New Zealand. So that was all good. Saturday, Sunday, went out and bought a suit. Back it up, John Newsom. Are you up. having your second wedding? Yeah. Why um, buy a suit? Well, I'm going to the races this week, and my last suit I bought when I got my first serious job in UK, which was in 2002. So, do you still wear that suit? Um, well, I did up until now. And, then, um, and, and it's just getting, it's a bit dated. It's just it's 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 time is done. It's still in reasonable nick, but it's just the a bit, shape's bit baggy. Just a bit. Shape's not right. And you're pretty lean now because you're back tra- at racing. Yeah, when I, did, I had to make sure. I thought, well, I'm going to skinny up a bit in the next year or two. So I'm going to. That's take- the worst thing, isn't it? Or the opposite? Because one time years ago, I did a bodybuilding competition. Mm. I know it's still pretty obvious. Yeah. And. Uh, and I, and I bought a pair of jeans the day before the competition, mm. which wasn't my sharpest move because you're pretty lean before the competition. Mm-hmm. Two, two weeks later, I couldn't fit them. Mm. Mm, so, so I had to buy a suit because I'm going to the races and I thought, look, I need a suit because I'm, you know, functions and stuff. So I went out, broke the bank and bought a suit. How Barkers. much did you buy? Barkers? Yeah. Oh, you didn't go low price? No. You didn't go Hellenstein's? Nice, really nice fitted suit. Barkers do do nice clothes. So if you go into... How much does uh, sting you? I was only five fifty, so it was. Uh, it was oh, John Newsom, I've never known you to spend so much money. <laughs> you, could, you can spend a lot more than that on a suit, but I didn't want to get a. Do you look a pretty cool? One. Do you, did you when you put on? Because I'm not much of a suit wearer. Yeah. But when you put a suit I'm on, it. going yeah. no, no tie though. I'm going no tie. Oh, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, what casual know. t-shirt like yeah. Miami Vice? Oh, the weather forecast is still not looking good. So we got, we had big day racing here at the weekend. It's, a, it's a, the horse racing. But um, I thought Saturday's the sad day. The sad day, yeah. It was today is Tuesday. We have Cup Day, which is it's the a big day. The, that's the trots with them. Sitting What's a the trot? The, sitting with sitting. They have the, the the rider sitting in the little chariot oh, behind okay, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saturday is uh, the gallops. Is the gallops? And that's just and the, that's on top of the horse. Yeah. Do you prefer the gallops? Do you prefer the gallops? Why? Uh, it's not so much of a. Drunken frenzy. It's still pretty, pretty a bit much more sophisticated. It is a bit more for the intelligent types of new yeah. suits. Today is body paint. It's um, I love classy, it. I but love it's it. Full on. Do you know what, John? The, the only problem is, is that I gave up drinking when I was twenty, mm. maybe nineteen, twenty. It depends on. Yeah, twenty, and uh, and. I can do anything with drunk people. Like I can mm. go. Often when I go out partying, people think I'm the most drunk because mm. I can just have a good time, mm. and. Um, 
But the only there's two things you can't do when you don't drink. One is nudity. One is bus trips, yeah. bus parties. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys do that overseas. Do you do overseas? Uh, it's a big thing in New Zealand. What yeah. you do is they get these old buses, like an old red bus or, mm-hmm. you know, like a bus that you use around town. And they do them up as party buses and they put music and stuff in them. And then you hire a bus and you just drive around bars all night, basically. And, you, and then you drive. And it's pretty rank. It's just. It's, it's good when you're 20. Yeah, it is good when you're 20. And it's just about getting as drunk as you can and pashing anyone on the bus, basically. And you, it's not a fun thing to do sober. No. It's no there's no fun can be had no. in that. And I have to admit. Cup day, Tuesday at the races. Mm. It's not much fun sober either. <laughs> right, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I went, I went, I used to go when I was a young man. Every year, cup day was like oh, one of the biggest days huge. of the year, you know. And you'd get up with me and the boys would be up, and we wouldn't spend five hundred dollars because we're a bit younger. But we'd buy yeah. new clothes, and we thought we were pretty mm. cool. And we'd spend, you know, and we'd be up at seven in the morning. You know, you have a keg, and you'd be drinking, and you get to the race about twelve, but you're blottoed. Yeah. And uh, and it was a really fun day. And then I gave up drinking, and I went back about four years later, and it was. Pretty boring. <laughs> I think you got to go high end if you want to go to the Tuesday. You got to go in the member stand. You got to go up top, and yeah. it costs quite a bit of money. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a flutter because oh, yeah, you yeah. like the casino gambling. Yeah, three and twelve all day. That'll be it. Three and oh, 12. so you don't have a strategy. You that just... is my strategy. Three and twelve. Bet on those horses all day long. <laughs> it's, like, it's just a nope. No, it's I, I, if, if the real rank outsiders, I won't bet. I might do a placing or something like that. But three and twelve. Do you do a trifecta at all? I'm not very. No, I don't. No. Do one. No, yeah, I might try. How about you guys? For the main race, give me numbers between 1 and 15. 1 and 15. And whatever number is the most of, so on Facebook, I'll put this on my little list of things. Okay, wait just a second, Facebook horse. Um, We'll do an IM talk. So what you do is you put your number between 1 and 15. Whatever number has the most numbers by by Saturday morning, John will put a $100 bet on it. <laughs> Somebody donate a hundred and put a hundred on there. You should have seen his face. <laughs> He's gonna put a hundred dollar bet on it, and then what's gonna happen? If he wins, he keeps it. Okay. Imagine if you're on like a thousand bucks. Imagine that. I'm just trying to find how many horses are gonna be in there. Um, yeah, we'll do it. You might be pretty hot in a suit, on it, like if it's a hot. Well, day. this is the issue. Uh, the forecast is not looking very good for Saturday. Oh, I never go long range, John. <laughs> never go. <laughs> never. John, Joe will sometimes go to me. Oh no, it's gonna be it's gonna be wet next Wednesday, and I'm like, babe, it's Tuesday the week before. Yeah. Never go long range. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Two days, maybe one day. Okay. Um, Bevan. Yes. Be quick. What's happening in your? <laughs> I've got to go for a pee. <laughs> um, busting. I should have gone before. What's been happening? My world. Oh goodness! It's almost that's some of the people we watched the races with. Who? It's Tice Hubber. It's all Tice Hubber in there. He's on the website. Yeah. Oh, he's a high flyer, mate. Yeah. He's a high flyer. Yeah. Okay. Um, what have I been up to, John? Um, gardening. 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 Yeah. He's the guy who owns the uh, the hair place in town, Manscape. What, you're a social bunny now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're a new suit. of our races. <laughs> Look at you. Hey. Who else do you know? Yeah. There's a horse there. Hey, name spotting, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bevan, carry on. Gardening. Gardening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I spent six hours gardening on the weekend. It's tough. Six yeah. hours. Yeah. Although I bought a really good book called um, Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. The story else. of Bevan on James Isles? No, no, no. Actually, John, 
I might be writing a book. Oh, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Because yeah. I'm writing a book. I am writing a book. If you listen to actually my fitness behavior, latest one's out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you get feedback on the shows. In most shows, you get some good feedback. But when, you know when you've done a good show because you get a lot more feedback. And mm-hmm. this show, I've had so much feedback. And it's actually a topic which I think really works for athletes. So if you want to check it out, go to bevanjamesisles.com. I'll put a link to it on Facebook and on mm-hmm. um, on our website. But good show. But anyway, I, I've been writing a book. I'm going to have a book finished by February. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. And it's got kind of on my fitness behavior stuff. And, uh, and uh, a publisher's approached me. Right. And I was yeah. going to self-publish it, and they're, and they're like, they're, uh, yeah, it's, it's shit. they've just approached me, so, not, you know, who knows, but mm. they're like Australia's biggest distributor of books, and they've said to me, look, you know, we kind of know what you're doing. There you go. So, John, this might be our last Multi-million show. dollar yeah, deals right. coming your way. Yep, guru, I like to sound that. <laughs> Other than that, John, not much. This weekend's a long weekend, yes. and doing more gardening. Yeah. yeah. Don't buy rental properties, that's the message. Don't buy rental properties. Well, do. Long-term investment's good. Not in Christchurch at the moment. Be bad no, time to Christchurch. Buy. Oh, not good time to buy. buy. Good, good time, time to, to own. Yes. Yeah. yeah, good time to own right now. But although I would argue it's a good time to buy if you buy the right kind of property, because mm. we've got a unit. John, we've got this unit, and it's um, you know, just unit. Joe's old place, mm. and units do quite well right now mm. because you can you can do the short-term stuff, and we're doing the short. So we've furnished it, mm. and we're pretty much getting double what we used to get. So if you, I reckon if you could buy a unit, but surely everybody is on the same thing, wanting to buy things no. at the moment. Well, well, maybe yeah, I don't know because I'm not looking mm. to buy it. But your returns right now are pretty good. Mm. So mm. I'm just saying, if you're mm. in crushers, buy a unit. Nudge, nudge, wink, 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 wink. It's the inside word this week. Uh, ready, ho. Iron rust. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.